1: Uh, I started to question myself if I was watching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax.
0: Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're
2: spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him, people are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job. This is insane how great they are.
0: Well, I think the authors of pain are young prodigies.
2: That's how good we are. With Representing
0: anybody. Bullet Club, this is what we do. Super Kid Party! your
1: Pete, tonight you debuted on Monday Night Raw in front of a huge crowd ovation in Manchester. Not only did you debut tonight, but you also picked up a huge victory against the WWE Cruiserweight Champion, Enzo
0: Amore. How do you feel? The ovation was exactly as expected. This title means that I own the UK.
2: And as for Enzo Amore, tonight he learned I'm not just a cruiserweight, I'm the bruiserweight. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: wrestling to the match. And your hosts, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leather. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max, episode 272, part one. And of course, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. Don't forget to go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get our podcast from, whether it be Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or any other place like YouTube. Make sure you go search out Wrestling to the Max and hit that subscribe button and Big shout out to 411 com, and last word on prowrestling.com, both are amazing sites and we want to give them a shout out for all the support that they give us as well. And I am your host tonight, Mr. Gary Vaughn, and along with me, Mr. Paul Leeser. Heyo. And Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? And, guys, I am looking forward to this show because we're talking a lot of great topics. That's right. We've got a packed show in store for everyone because there are some pay per views this weekend. We'll be talking. Power Struggle. That's right. New Japan's big show that they had. It'll be a lot of fun. Paul and Sean will walk you down that road. And then me and Paul will talk some Bound for Glory. Yeah, that's right. That happened this past week, and we'll get into the ins and outs of that. Along, we'll talk some Ring of Honor from this past weekend as well. So we've got some really cool reviews to talk about. Plus, we'll start off the stuff and the whole show with some big, quick hits from this past week. It's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to all the stuff we have to offer everyone. But before we jump into all the wrestling stuff, I've got to say, guys, we had a, a crazy week of football. I know all of us on this show, we all watch a lot of football and kind of just enjoy ourselves. And it, this weekend was really good. Lots of high scoring, uh, even some fights in the world of uh, football. So it's kind of fun. Crazy weekend, right, Paul?
0: Yeah, I mean, best basically uh UFC event out there this, uh, this weekend. Three fights, uh, lots of big blowouts. Just uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, my team was uh, one of the teams that got blown out because the Eagles are just phenomenal. Uh, Carson Wentz and just didn't miss Zach Ertz very much at all, and their defense continues to show up. So, uh, and the Broncos, of course, just can't score points, which uh, y- y- I hear you have to do to win in the NFL these days.
1: Yeah, it's amazing they they can stop uh, Ezekiel Elliott, but they can't stop Ajayi. They no. can't just. Out of nowhere, you can't stop a time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Miami, I bet they're kicking themselves too.
2: Uh, Miami looked okay with the two guys they had. You know, maybe guy was being a bother in the locker room, but, you know, I, I think the Giants are probably sitting there looking at themselves going, what the hell is going on here? Uh, and I sadly picked them to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, how done do I look right now? But, hey, oh. you know, at least the Cowboys won. I mean, so how do you predict
0: that, a team losing their entire receiver core? Like, that's just super unfortunate.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is very unfortunate. Uh, it's, I don't think that explains the defense being oh, that's true. bad it's been, too. But maybe the coach is just not doing it for him anymore. Who knows?
1: Yeah, it's it's really tough. I mean, you know, especially when you're on that other side of the coin, it's always nice when you're winning, but when you're on the other side, it, 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 there's lots of excuses, and boy, uh, I'm, I'm sure there were tons of excuses flying around everywhere, you know. But, hey, you know, it was great entertaining weekend of football, and I, I'm very happy that we got that because there some weekends you're just like, oh, well, that was there. Um, but this one was really fun. So we all got a chance to really enjoy that. And you know, really have a lot of fun doing that. I I know. Personally, you know, I'd watch football. I caught up. uh, I finally finished Stranger Things. You guys finished it last week. I finished that. Super happy about that. So I feel complete now, guys. Uh, (laughs) I've got my '80s fixed. So now I need to watch Ghostbusters again. I'll have to do that sometime. Not done.
0: Just had to make that clear. Well, Skype uh, didn't want you to be clear, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, well. Skype hated you there.
0: Oh, uh,
1: Skype is killing me tonight. I don't know what's up with that. But, you know, what? since Skype is a, a murderous thing, let's go ahead and move on and talk wrestling. How about that, guys? Let's jump into some quick hits right after this.
2: It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits.
0: Take it away, Gary.
1: Okay, guys, well, we are talking Power Struggle tonight, but before we actually talk about the show itself, we have to talk about something huge that happened on the show. Chris Jericho was on the show. Well, no, not in person, uh, but he was on the video board, and he made a challenge to Kenny Omega for Wrestle Kingdom 12. That's right, Chris Jericho, not any WWE ring, a New Japan ring. It could be very, very exciting. I mean... I never saw this coming, Sean. This is really cool.
2: Yeah, I don't think anybody really knew Jericho was a total free agent and could do this kind of thing. So uh, I think that's pretty cool to see. I think many of us that watch New Japan every week or, you know, every time that it's on, uh, I think we have to be honest with ourselves and say that getting the Ibushi and Kenny Omega story is – it would have been a, a nicer thing for Wrestle Kingdom, but who knows that if uh, Bushi's going to stick around or not, and they can do that later, they can always just do that also at you know Dominion or something. It doesn't have to be a Wrestle Kingdom thing, but yeah, this is part of their you know wanting expansion deal, and it's who. Gets more. I mean, there's not a lot of people left out there that will get that have the New Japan, you know, previous Japanese connection, and will also get a lot of eyes from WWE. Enter Chris Jericho, and I think that does that for you very well. There,
0: mm-hmm. I think uh, that one. This is awesome. I'm super excited for the match. I know Jericho is definitely on the older side of things now, but I'm sure him and Kenny are going to put on something worth talking about the next day at the water cooler uh, for sure. And you know not. Match of the Year candidate quality, but I'm sure it's going to be something damn impressive still. And to me, this reads as New Japan capitalizing on an opportunity that came to them, and they're willing to shuffle the booking around to get more eyes on Wrestle Kingdom, as as Sean mentioned, to continue their expansion, not only to the West, but I think just worldwide in general. Uh, as we've seen them target a bunch of new markets in the past as well, doing shows in Singapore and and elsewhere outside of Japan. So, uh, pushing Omega and Ibushi keeps that match fresh for them. Uh, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to main event a Ryu Goku show next year.
1: Wow. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, this
2: is, it's, it's just, I know there's a lot of people complaining and hating it and Mm -hmm. everything else, but. You have to understand it from a, the whole, this is that whole thing of why WWE brings back some of the part-timers sometimes of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. This gets more eyes on you. Mm-hmm. So you got to take that for what it is.
1: Well, you know what, then, you know, the good thing about this whole situation is Chris Jericho isn't under contract with WWE at all right now. So he is that complete free agent. This isn't something that, you know, had to negotiate under the table or anything and figure out to, you know, can I do this? Can I not? No, he completely can do whatever he wants. So that's a a big positive on this, you know, and, you know, reportedly, you know, WWE doesn't, you know, have any clue, uh, where this came from because they didn't have any part of it. They had no idea. Jericho did not inform them that he wanted to do this. This is just something that happened and they're finding out like everybody else. And, You know, Jericho has, you know, been trying to work with WWE on a few things. He even tried to get them to be a part of his cruise coming up, you know. And he wanted the NXT talent to come over and, you know, wrestle on that cruise. And WWE refused to. So he reached out and he got Ring of Honor. And we know Ring of Honor is tied up with New Japan. So I'm sure it made things a lot easier for Jericho to make this happen since he doesn't have any of the ties with WWE right now. I mean... Honestly, I mean Vince may not be super happy with him, but I mean Jericho, he's doing lots of deals and he's the op- I can't even talk entrepreneur of a lifetime right now. We're seeing how big his band is right now. fozzie has got a top, you know, charted song out right now. Uh, he's on ESPN. I mean Jericho's
0: everywhere. So, I mean he's about to be the host of a new TV show coming out soon too, um, over on I think Discovery or something like that. And, yeah, I mean, th- this dude just keeps finding ways to stay relevant. And that's clearly something New Japan recognizes and wants to capitalize on. And, you know, hats off to everybody on this one.
2: Yeah. How stupid is WWE? Like, why would you... I just don't get them sometimes. Like, I just really don't. The whole, we don't want to make Starcade a WWE Network special. Why wouldn't she... This <laughs> is extra footage for your network that needs stuff. Why wouldn't you take a camera crew, and go on a Jericho's boat and show matches. I mean, free content! I'm like, this company just doesn't want to make money. I don't understand sometimes. They just don't want to make money. Like, uh, I, uh, Stupid.
0: I think this probably has a lot to do with the money woes, and maybe there's more going on here than than we'll ever know, and I'm sure there is, but... I I mean, I think you see them rolling back costs wherever they can, and maybe just paying Jericho was part of it now and and not wanting to venture out. Apparently, they're going to run less pay-per-views next year, too. So, I I mean, they're cutting costs, I think, as much as they can. (laughs) Yeah, that was a blessing, for sure. Good God.
1: We're we're like, thank you, God, and thank you, WWE.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's less content for us on the side or whatever that, you know, helps – uh, get hits and listens, but I mean, because we can't sit here and mince words that, you know, when we do previews or reviews for those WWE pay per views. They do pretty well, but the sheer breadth of them is like just exhausting mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. You know, you're sitting there going, I'm like, geez, you know, other things happen on Sundays, WWE, I'd like to be able to watch them without having to watch one of your millions of shows, too. So, you know, that's good, but I, I also should, I don't know if this is a mistake, and but it did appear as a WWE alert that Jericho was going to be on at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure that they, you know, found out about it and tried to make it seem like they knew about it, but, uh, and I wonder if somebody said, hey, hey, don't don't be putting that on our site, that you were, you were giving New Japan free promotion, what's wrong with you? But, uh, you know, it's just so funny. A year ago, they were sitting here talking about New Japan all the time. Now it's like, oh, God, we can't talk about New Japan. Mm -hmm. So, it's just uh, crazy how the world works. Uh, Yeah,
1: definitely. And it's almost kind of crazy, too, to think that this is happening. Because I remember clearly at one point, Chris Jericho saying, I'm never going to wrestle outside the WB. I purposely and somehow just kept it in my mind because – I thought it was so interesting that he would never wrestle for anyone else. And now he's changing that and he's deciding that, hey, why not? Why not take advantage of this? And, you know, it's been a while since he's been over to Japan and done that thing. And it's also interesting, too, as we read that he's been in talks with New Japan since August. Mm -hmm. So this isn't something out of the blue. This is this has been kind of in the works here. So this guy has been thinking about it for quite a while.
0: Yeah, their whole beef on Twitter is part of the work into this. I, it's pretty insane. I think the depth they went to, to sort of take this from nothing to a man, this would be really cool if it happened to holy crap, it's going to happen at a huge show next year. And, uh, I, I mean, this is like, this, this is a win for all parties that are involved in this. Uh, just because this is, I think this is a huge, cute, uh, a huge coup for new Japan. I think this is I don't want to say something that's tide turning, but it certainly is a landmark moment that maybe makes you realize that WWE's kind of slipping a little,
2: uh-huh. or WWE is just getting too big for themselves. Very possible, and not understanding that I hey, I get it. You got to cut costs, and maybe not bringing back a Jericho again, or well, waiting for World Rumble to come around, which would be after the show. And saying, okay, Jericho, we'll give you a run to WrestleMania instead of having you around for the year uh, to get off that. Because do not be surprised if WWE tries to come in after, you know, maybe New Year Dash or something and goes, hey, hey, you just got a lot of publicity for being at Wrestle Kingdom. You want to do a three month, four month deal with us again and Mm -hmm. we'll give you a big match at WrestleMania and everything and. You know, just to make sure he doesn't sign some kind of deal with New Japan where he's there more often. Uh, so, you know, don't I would not be surprised at all if you know Jericho comes in and he's there for the Royal Rumble or something. Just because, just off of this, mm-hmm. not even and off the you know whatever press he gets off the boat thing and all that stuff too. So, yeah, this is uh, interesting times, but. Yeah, I, I still wonder if they'd be starting to get too much in their head. Of course, then here we go. They're going to go deliver some awesome NXT war games, and then we're going to be shutting up about that too. So, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, they, they usually do pretty well on those shows, and I'm expecting war games to be amazing. So hopefully they do just that. But they need to get better with the uh, main product when it comes to Raw SmackDown brands. Let's yeah. Let's get that. Let's get Survivor Series to be one of the better pay-per-views we've seen all year long. Let's make that happen. So, um, well, you know we're talking about pay-per-views and things like that. Let's let's move over to New Japan and the big show they got coming up here pretty soon. The World Tag League. Uh, that's right. That's coming up, and we are now seeing that they have released the bracket. Paul, why don't you give us the A and B blocks?
0: Yeah. So. Uh lots of things we knew coming in and lots of things we maybe didn't know coming in. So the eight block you got Juice Robinson teaming up with Sammy Callahan, uh who turned out to not be the Switchblade, which me and Sean will talk about whenever we get to power struggle. Uh, of course you have Sonata and Evil from L.I.J., Yuji Nagata, Manubu Nakanishi teaming up again as the third generation, uh Yujiro Takahashi and Hangman Page coming back for another run. You got uh Tenkozy, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale from the Bullet Club uh, Minoru Suzuki is tagging up with uh, Izuka. And then, of course, you have Goto and Yoshihashi, which could be super fun tag team, if you ask me there. Any thoughts on any of these teams? I mean, how out of left field is Juice and Sammy, by the way, as a pairing? That's so <laughs> yeah. totally different than, I think, anything anybody imagined.
2: Uh, it's totally out of the blue, and I think... It's kind of cool because we've been talking about Sammy Callahan being there and saying, okay, well, you get to see him in the tag league, so Mm -hmm. uh, that's good, and I think that also keeps him from being too exposed as well uh, to a new audience. Uh, A lot of these teams we've kind of seen uh, over the years but still uh, fun, that A block could be either really good or really just – blah on some nights and then you know you get the b block which uh could be a heck of a lot of fun uh getting Kes and war machine and jeff cobb and michael elgin all in the same block good lord talk about we're gonna go kill each other yeah and uh you get get veretta and chucky t uh as well and uh hanari and hanari coming back to take on to tag with the uh, makabe yano ishi tag champion winning team going in there you get god going against all these form you know guys he's been they, they've been uh, wrestling for the whole year and uh, kitamura after they have the match he has a match with finley after the the first match at power struggle they decide to be a team so that's uh that's cool and yet you know You can pretty much guess the other guy we were talking about for the Switchblade. Yeah. yeah. It was the other guy. Yeah, if you you
0: listen to our preview, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm a little shocked it's not Kitamura and Oka in here together. Uh, Him and Finley, which I I love David Finley, don't get me wrong. It's just a a very different pairing, but keeping to the young lion with somebody who's at least uh, not a young lion makes sense. Right. Uh, and, and Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin, it, uh, early pick to win this by a Ooh. landslide for me. Like that's a that's a team right there.
2: That is uh, an amazing team. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch them. Uh, that that gets me excited for the tag lead by itself.
0: I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm ready block to go for sure. Is the is the winning block <laughs> as far as matchups yeah. go?
2: <laughs> that a block you might have to you know power your way through, mm-hmm. but B-Block makes it to where, you know, I might want to, I've been taking the tag league off the last couple of years, I might actually, at least one the B-Blocks around and watch those matches, because you know they're going to be, uh, they're, they're going to be really good. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Something else that could be really good is this other show that New Japan has announced that's going to be taking place. That's right. They're coming back to the U.S., and they have a date in mind, and it is going to be taking place March 25th on Long Beach once again. Uh, this show will be their Strong Style Evolved show. Uh, and this will be at the Walter pyramid and uh, that that venue can possibly hold up to five thousand people in attendance. they do that for basketball games, so that's another big event coming up for them and you know we know last year was amazing this year
0: should probably be the same I mean they're in a building where they could possibly nearly double their attendance last year if they sell out uh from the G1 because obviously you can fill in the floor and all that great stuff if you're in a, a more basketball uh, theme setting. So, uh, uh, this is, uh, one, it's a huge deal. Uh, I'm sure people have been eagerly awaiting them to come back to long beach and whether this is the start of something bigger for their U S expansion or whether it's just going to be this and the G one specials again, who knows? But, uh, I mean, as far as people over here, stateside, you gotta, you gotta data to, to look at if you're looking to make another trip out to long beach to see new Japan again.
2: Yeah, this is really cool. I'm glad that they're already having a, another show in the in the plans. It's already set. You know, uh, March 25th. And hey, I mean, that's they keep having more of them. We have might have to make a W2M uh, trip to Long Beach field trip.
1: Damn, that, that'd that be so much fun, especially for the fact that you know they make it feel like you're actually in Japan where you're at these events. So that would be a blast, right? You don't even have to go to Japan. You just get to go to one of these shows, and you can feel like you're right there. So that's so cool.
2: I make sure you got some dinero with you because uh, California's pretty expensive.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Uh, you know, we got Paul's credit card. We're safe.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you how far that will get us.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, is Gary ready to mortgage of the house? Really? I yeah, I know.
1: Well, either that or we we'll ask carrie for his card number. One of the two.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: oh boy. Well, you know, I, I really want to go to that show. Maybe we'll find a way. I'll win the lottery or something. Uh, But you know what? There's somebody that didn't win the lottery. In fact, they may have lost their entire stash of uh, cash because they're going to be losing it with not being able to be on shows pretty soon here. And that is Jinder Mahal. There are rumors and reports coming out that Jinder Mahal has been popped for a wellness failure. And this is you know pointing towards the steroids, uh, which a lot of people... it yeah. took you this
2: long? Though,
1: uh-huh. yeah. so,
2: it hey, sounds Sean. more like, hey, we're going to give up this. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're giving this up now, but we don't want to just, you know, have you lose. We're going to make it seem like you had a wellness violation and that's how you're going to lose it all.
1: Well, I mean, think about this, though, Sean. I mean, he had this big match coming for him by, of course, Brock Lesnar. But hey, also, AJ Styles and him were going to have this big match, kind of the champions in December. It was going to be a big to-do. And they had to move it up to Tuesday because, well, now this all took place. I mean, this is, seems like a bad news for him.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure getting suspended and knowing you're not going to get money for 30 days is pretty awful, uh, then uh, you know, right when you're on this high of I wonder if this is going to affect them going to I, I'm sure that the, what they'll do is probably just wait till after the India tour and then, oh, gender has been suspended magically. Mm-hmm. But I felt like this was inevitable. I mean, you cannot see how the dude looks, and there's no uh, steroid use. I know that they can use – it's Triple H is basically so that they can use HGH. So that's not against the the rules, but, I mean, come on, man. Come on. You don't look like that the way he does just with, uh, you know, pumping the iron. You just don't. Mm-hmm.
0: It goes against a ton of interviews, you said, too. Obviously, you're not going to come out and admit it, but he was very gung-ho that he wasn't using steroids and that this is all, all his workout regimens and, and whatever. But, I mean, big picture, if Gender and Brock isn't going to put people in seats, I'm sure AJ and Brock will, uh, if they are indeed going to do the title switch. They could leave it on gender, uh, and then somehow lead, just wait, like, like Sean was saying, until post-India tour, and then that's when he sits it out. And they decide to shuffle it around then, so it's not like a definite that AJ is walking out of SmackDown tomorrow with the title. But we can uh, we can all hope and dream at least.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Man, what a
2: moment!
1: Man. God. It would be so great, but, you know, I'm not really sold on it's going to happen. And, you know, I just worry about gender in the future. Now, they definitely need a strong Indian wrestler because, you know, they do have that audience in India. But, I mean, it just it really makes you concerned for guys like this because, you know, that's another mark on him. And who knows? They may decide to just to totally drop that whole thing with him and go after another young Indian superstar, you know. And just try to start over. So let's just hope things work out for him. Uh let's talk about something that, you know, Jinder Mahal kinda of disappointed people. Well, something that's really disappointing me right now is the fact that WWE has decided not to air Starcade. Ah, oh, apparently this doesn't you know look like it's going to be an event that's going to make anything beneficial when it comes to finances or to adding subscribers to the network, Paul. So they're deciding against it. I just I'm bummed. How did out they about
2: know that. it's not going to add any subscribers to the network?
1: I don't know. After to watching Tony Schiavone in that ad, I mean, how could it not want to get the network?
0: Yeah, I mean, I at least mean short-term pop in numbers, at least, right? Maybe just people like, oh, let's see what this is all about. and Maybe some old school WCW fans or something like that. But I'll play devil's advocate and say I can kind of see the point. Uh, because it, it may not, it I think they're looking towards long-term and sustainable growth as far as the network's concerned. And if they don't think they're going to make any money, then, then I think that's a fair reason. Especially, as we talked about earlier, all the cutbacks, everything they've done to try to save money. I don't know if we should really be super shocked that this is the reason why they're not going to do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, the unnecessary expense thing kind of makes sense, right? If they are trying to cut costs in any form they can, we already see that they have completely just neutered original content on the network to where basically what we're getting is stuff from the tape libraries finally i guess but you know just it it was kind of nice having original content for the network and having things to look forward to other than like ride-alongs and stuff like that which that i can't imagine that takes much expense at all you put a camera in a car and record them woo uh just <laughs> i you know it i thought they tape all these house shows anyway i don't I don't know what... I get that you have to have a crew and you have to have photographers and all, I'm sure that's all an expense, but... That just really makes me sad.
1: Yeah, very much so. You know, I just I hate it because I was really looking forward to it and I was loving the idea of getting to see all the retro stuff and then maybe played off as very retro and now that's gone and breaks my heart. So... Well, let's jump into some rapid hits here, guys. We'll go quickly kind of through a few of these things. Uh, one of them is uh, Sin Cara. Apparently, he hurt his knee on the European tour, and they're not really sure how bad
0: it is. Yeah, at least none of the reports I could find gave it a time or severity of, iner- of injury or anything like that. So hopefully it's short-term for him. I know he's been getting some usage on TV, and that's that's great for him. Uh, but honestly, big picture, I don't know if it's that big a loss. <laughs>
2: Oh, what do you know? Sincara gets injured. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not trying to make light of him getting injured. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> he, yeah. I mean, what has he done in a long time that that matters?
0: Been Corbin's punching bag for the last three weeks. That's something. Better <sighs> yeah, main event or whatever BS show they're making now. <laughs>
2: Right, but I mean, it's like Corvin can make anyone his punching bag. and Yeah.
1: Uh, well, let's talk about this. Matt Hardy has submitted more information to get the Broken gimmick for the trademark.
0: He's also hired uh, an intellectual property lawyer as well to help him along now, too. So maybe all the switches and in, in what's happening with Impact... Uh, probably brought this on, I would assume. Because I would say now, it, it may be more likely we get to see the Broken gimmick sometime soon.
2: That would be really cool if we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because poor Matt Hardy, I really would hate for him to feel like he came back just to do nothing. Uh, well, I mean, not that he didn't do anything, but like to have that lull where he's kind of just there again, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine that's too fruitful for him. It's not his fault that you know just been going through what he's going through. But eh, I don't know. I don't know if he's got an easier schedule with this contract or whatnot. But yeah, it it just I really hope he do because he deserves to have that singles run where maybe he gets popularity. It's, it's been so long now since they've really been able to use a lot of it that are the fans going to flock to it. You
0: know? uh, they still do the delete chants at every crowd I've ever seen or, or the shows I've been to this year. I mean, it's not like it's gone away.
2: Right, but doing the delete chant and then trying to understand the character as a whole for the audi- the part of the audience, the majority that doesn't do that chant, I think it's still going to be something that they have to overcome, you know. When you start being weird and people are kind of like, "What the hell is this?" Are they going to get that? And I you know, are they going to let them be called the broken hearties and all that stuff? That's the other thing too,
0: you know. I mean, if he wins the the battle to get the the gimmick then I would assume absolutely.
2: And we know how WWE can be, though, sometimes. So until I see it, I don't want to get too excited about it. Oh,
1: That's fair. That really is fair because the things we've seen succeed in other places, WB bring it on board sometimes is very light and not as good as what it originally was. So we'll have to see. I think that's a hope, but wait and see. Let's talk about Impact Wrestling. They apparently have been getting some reports out that they are using background actors in their backstage segments and even to fill seats here.
0: Yeah. Uh so if you can sit through 4 hours of tapings for the, you know, the next 5 days, you can fill out an application, and get paid 50 bucks for it. So uh that's a day. Uh if you happen to do multiples or something like that. So some of the reports say it's for filling out backstage segments and stuff like that. Others uh, say it is strictly to fill in seats. So if you uh, if you live in Ottawa and you're listening, you can go fill out an application, maybe make fifty dollars to watch some wrestling if if you can sit through it. And after Bound for Glory, if you are a wrestling fan, I I wouldn't blame you if you didn't take him up on fifty bucks a day. <laughs> 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 That's hey, like plans money for
2: it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, you don't have to you know the good thing is you don't have to poke So have somebody poke you like giving plasma and you, I mean you could sit there on your phone right I mean you don't have to look at the what you're watching you can just act like you care every now and then and get your money I, I don't know how that's going to work but that's to me that's really sad mm-hmm. if in fact is look I let's be fair it's not like WWE hasn't done this, but they haven't made this public, right? I'm sure that there's been plants in WWE shows before and, you know, people that they put in certain areas to make it look fuller and all that, you know. But the Impact making this a public thing, that just doesn't bode well for you along with all the other news that's been going on with them. It just man i i feel bad for the wrestlers at this point
1: they're trying sean they're trying in fact here's another piece of news this is how they're also trying they just hired jimmy jacobs as a producer
2: well he will make them better you hope how much of an uphill
0: battle is this going to be though i don't i don't know how big a role he's going to have or any of that. And I assume that the, the producing team isn't very big because we've seen them cut down on a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I hope he can because uh, there's a lot of great wrestlers here that, that definitely could uh, do something for the company when they're given the right opportunities to do so. And hopefully Jimmy can do that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, hopefully he can help Eli Drake and guys like that who you know maybe just need an extra thing or two to, to put them even further over the line uh, of being good and great, you know? So we'll see. Uh, this, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give up on the fact that they are, are trying to get better by doing that. But you're, you're right, Paul. Uh, you know, they're still cutting costs or trying to find ways to, to make things happen on a lower budget. Earl Hebner, in fact, has left Impact uh, kind of over this because they informed all the referees that they are going to be using local Canadian referees instead of using the guys. That but they've been using so another interesting tidbit.
0: Yeah, uh, no more contracted referees. It's all local guys from Canada. Uh, you know, can't can't really blame them, right? I mean, they they're not going to fly you up to referee shows up in Canada. You're not going to get paid. Why not leave the company and just you know enjoy whatever else you have? It should be Earl Hebner's in their Hall of Fame too. Uh, so. <laughs> maybe it doesn't look good in headlines that you have a Hall of Famer leaving your
2: company. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, how old is he now? Uh, you know, you could certainly write that off as a, he kind of just wants to go retire and live the family life for a little while. I, I, I wonder if, you know, WWE would give him and his son, uh, a, hey, here's a retirement run for you. Come back, mm-hmm. or you know, right, he's what if? 16, uh, by the way, that's it's pretty old for being a referee. Uh, I wonder if place would be like, hey, and we have a special guest referee, Earl Hebner, for War Games.
1: Yeah, I actually kind of dig it, and even for Starcade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'd you know, probably classic, still get you, know. you
2: screwed, Brad Chance, or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> if it's not Little Nate doing some referee work for war games, I would be severely upset. Oh, do yeah, they have to? <laughs> for sure, <laughs> definitely on that.
2: Speaking of Nate, um, are y'all excited for tomorrow?
1: Thirty for 30?
0: Oh,
2: thirty.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I have to find time to watch that because I'm definitely watching SmackDown tomorrow. So.
1: Yeah. Well. It does come on ESPN, too. So if anybody out there who still wants to watch it, wants to watch it later at night, trust me, it is on another channel later. So make sure you do tune in for that. We'll be talking about that for sure on our part, too. I can't wait. i am be looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, there you go, guys. That's our quick hits uh, for this episode. And now we are going to move on to some of the review shows. I'm really looking forward to to a lot of the discussions we're going to have here. Uh, but now we are going to get into some power struggle.
2: King of sport. New Japan Pro Wrestling.
0: Go for it, Sean.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I just happened to find the thread of whoever announced the impacts, putting people in the seats, paying them. <laughs> the first reply is, "Please tell me this is not real." <laughs> <laughs> God, Whew. this the company. Uh, oh, I can't wait till y'all get to that bound for glory. <laughs> It's <laughs> so you oh, yeah. turn on the negative juices but let's have positive juices for this show here because uh, you have some fantastic things uh, happening plus you know New Japan shows WWE how you book a show two months ahead of time but hey you know yeah, we could already do a preview for Wrestle Kingdom and that show happens in two months for now like literally I could tell the guys to go write up a round table and we could post it that's how much of that card they have done already. So, you know, clue for certain people. Hype it up. Hype it up. So, the uh, Paul will have to uh, lead the way on this because I had to skip some matches to make way for time. David Finley and Katsuya Kitamura having a, a uh, Young Lion versus former Young Lion match here. What did you think, Paul?
0: I, I thought this was good. I mean, every time you see more the cheers get louder, his muscles get louder. Eventually he's just gonna be a giant walking bicep who chops people and people are gonna fucking love it. So <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh Finley he gets to talk about his pythons every time he has oh. a promo.
0: That's... <laughs> Japanese Hulk Hogan. I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. Uh <laughs> Finley gets the win uh to nobody's surprise with the stunner, but Kitamura gets better and better, just as most of the young lions you get to see come out and do stuff. And we'll talk about another one who impressed later on down the line too. But I, I mean, Kitamura is the only thing working against him is age, age, and uh, he can't really do a whole lot yet either. But you know, still young lions, so we don't have a full understanding of what he's exactly going to be like when he's done. But. Uh, I, I don't even know if they're going to send him out on an excursion, Sean. That that might be the scary part. Just get him in there. Get him working. Let him be that big popular guy that he can be for the short time he might be around.
2: I mean, if he's as good as Makabe, right, that's not – that's decent enough. So, I mean, I don't think he has to be doing anything crazy. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he's Japanese, he's a big dude, and the people like him already – That votes well for him. So, you know, you keep progressing him, keep having him get better, and maybe he'll surprise us, you know, a few times here and there. And I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he doesn't go on an excursion. But then it'd just be weird if you have a young line go off and do something.
0: I mean, Finley didn't.
2: That's true. Uh, The excursions have also been getting shorter and shorter, uh, as we talk about it. Uh, Another guy that well we're going to talk about two of them in just a little bit and then another one later so it's uh interesting how this is going perhaps that is the the new way though perhaps they're not going to start sending the young ones on excursions uh, especially maybe the heavyweight ones and perhaps the juniors still might because they could go to sumo or they could go to roh or something but
0: mm-hmm.
2: if uh, new japan just says hey uh we're going to. This is all going to be in house now. It wouldn't be the worst deal. You know, change with the times.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still think the excursions offer something depending on where you're at. Uh, just, I don't know if ROH or CMLL or anywhere that New Japan has a relationship with is really going to serve Kitamura well or as well as it has for other people. Like, I could still see them sending Oka out. I feel like he could benefit from getting more understanding of different styles just because of the way he works already just i mean uh i think the same for kawato as well he'd probably end up on excursion too
2: oh yeah i'm sure a lot of them probably will but (laughs) yeah i can see it from that sense of you know the only way only place i could see is if you know wwe and new japan ever worked together or something yeah you know Kinnamore and Braun going at it. Oh God! Just, <laughs> <laughs> just imagine that be uh, amazing stuff happening. <laughs> so we get the uh, young Bucks and Dragolina Teton. This was short match, went about seven minutes, but it was good. And they just went out there and just flipped around and some big moves happening of Teton with that big moonsault to the floor that yeah. was awesome. And uh, then you get the Indie Taker and then the Cease and Desist showing up. <laughs> and Teton taps out.
0: Fun fact, they actually got the idea for the Cease and Desist off of Twitter. Some fan recommended that they should use a sharpshooter <laughs> and a crossface and call it the Cease and Desist. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so brilliant. <laughs> See, uh, Young
2: Bucks, listen to you, people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this, I, this is short. It's it's not even eight minutes. Uh, but I think what you get is a nice quick rush of adrenaline and, and action and something. I think that works extremely well in the favor of all four guys who maybe don't need a ton of time to go out there and wow you. And, and when they do, don't get me wrong, they absolutely do, but... I don't. There, there are fewer people I could think of in the world who could make a great match in under ten minutes than four guys right here who just did it.
2: Oh yeah, you get the young bucks out there, Dragon Lee, uh, Teton. You know you're going to have some fun stuff, and they certainly delivered. And we'll see more of the young bucks later. But yeah, this was, I think, everything we wanted it to be. I'm surprised that these undercard matches were a little as short as they were, but. Considering what you get later, I guess it's probably for the better. Yes. <laughs> here totally is your agree. your 10-man tag for the evening here. Juice Robinson, Juice and Thunder Lager, Tiger Mask 4, Kushida and Hirai, Kawato against the Suki Gun uh, contingent of Zack Sabre Jr., Kanamaro, Taichi, El Desperado, and Taka. Everybody goes up to everybody's masks because, you know, Suki Gun dicks. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, you know Lager gets in the the surfboard. You get the big moves. Uh, you get uh, Kushida doing a lot of work. Uh, he gets kind of the bulk of this here. He ends up pinning Taka uh, for the with the hoverboard. Or he he makes Taka tap out with the hoverboard lock. I was surprised I thought Kawada would wind up taking the pin the other way, mm-hmm. but. Again something that we'll get to see kind of making sense later uh kushida getting a a tap out win and looking strong
0: yeah there's a there's a bigger plot afoot for for some of these guys and uh you know it's it's quick, it's fun uh nice little sprints here and there and I mean you have a lot of great workers in here, so it's not really shocking but I love the fun stuff with Kudo in here because all the faces are making sure that he is staying to the script. Uh, basically, trying to keep him on track instead of being as wild as he has been, which I thought was a nice little undertone to the story of Kushida-looking beast.
2: Yeah, and uh, they did let Kawado have the big dive Mm -hmm. uh, to the outside, which was nice for him. Uh, The crowd uh, enjoyed that for sure, and yeah, Kushida getting the win. So, you know, nice little five-minute showing for these guys. Glad you can learn to keep a 10-man tag short that's mm-hmm. that's good stuff New Japan, and then we get uh the old men uh, against uh, Cody Yujiro and Chase Owens. This is another match that I kind of just decided well, I'm going to move this along, but what did you think?
0: Uh, I was hoping this was gonna be shorter uh, and it still ends up being eight and a half minutes, which is fine. I think there's a lot of people here who need. Uh, some time to show off, mainly guys that they have big plans for, like Cody uh, and, and Cosy to to an extent, who are still just you know super over with the crowd. This is worth it for the finish, though, just to watch Kojima absolutely decapitate Chase Owens with the Cozy Lariat <laughs> to get the victory. Uh, if you only watch anything for this match, be sure to see that.
2: <laughs> Good old Chase Owens taking one for the cause.
0: Just uh, you know. Being that genie, making magic happen.
2: <laughs> uh, well, another one that surprised. I thought maybe, you know, Cody's team would win. But I guess as long as he doesn't take the pin, you're good.
0: Yeah, I think he's uh, got a, a good amount of time to really work everybody over and show off his offense once again.
2: Well, Cody keeps improving, which is good for him. And, you know, he will be one of the ones that has his match set up for Wrestle Kingdom. We'll get to that at at the end. But let's get into one of the matches that everybody was looking forward to here at the Super Junior Tag Team Tournament Final, uh, where Pongi 3K, Sho and Yo uh, doing their best Backstreet Boys impression against uh, (laughs) Ryusuke Taguchi and ACH. I swear that's what they look like. We're ready to do the boy band with the... uh, (laughs) The shirts and and everything else are you know, uh, and somebody needed to tell Rocky that Halloween already having because he was doing his uh, best ghostbusters impression there with the uh, the, the suit and the spray and all that stuff out of the thing. I swear with the backpack he had on and all that, he looks like he he could have been a ghostbusters, but uh, yeah, so this match was uh, a lot of fun. It kind of tapers off towards the end, which was disappointing because they it felt like they sort of either forgot what they were supposed to do or they ran out of ideas or the mix of both. But uh, for the most part, this was still pretty good. You know, showing you were working ACH's taped ribs and Mm -hmm. ACH did a heck of a job uh, selling those uh, for a lot of this match. They kept going back to that. Uh Toguchi would come in, and uh I like the uh him doing the hip attacks in the corner. He did so many that he was like, "Oh timeout oh, oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then uh yeah it I thought everybody looked good here, but mm-hmm. the star of the show for me was was a c h well, yeah. see, I do like the uh, show and you a finisher uh that's pretty cool.
0: The 3K is a pretty sweet finisher, I, I have to say. I, I'm i a huge fan of Rapogne 3K already. They came in, the crowd instantly fell in love with them all over again uh, after they came back from Excursion. I think they were great across the uh, the the, the Road 2 shows up to this where they, they, they did the Super Junior Tag Tournament. Um, all their matches were good to great there as well, and this was no exception, but you're right. As, as awesome as they were and as fun as Taguchi was, this was basically the ACH show who uh you know made 3K look phenomenal with all the selling he did and not to mention all the him trying to fire up and keep keep on fighting and all that great stuff. Uh more ACH on New Japan shows please. That uh that is something I would like dearly.
2: I don't know how you can't watch this and say, you know, hey, get old more on the show please yeah
0: give that guy like a junior title this,
2: match yeah exactly He he's deserved it he's earned it he's working well with uh, Taguchi I mean I don't know what more you want him to do I I really enjoyed this and I, I'm glad that these guys got to go out here and have 16 minutes worth of time and it's a really good match mm-hmm. and starts off a string of uh, really good matches to well you have a one blip in here but for the most part, uh, really good matches to go on here. After this match, uh, the Young Bucks appear and uh, they start, you know, kind of messing around with them, saying, "Oh, the young boys here. We are here to challenge you for the titles. They want their belts back. I wonder if we can go through and I, it, there's got to be video evidence of how many times the Young Bucks have said we want our belts back because they've lost <laughs> them so many times." And then, uh, you know, Rocky gets in there, says uh, some stuff in Japanese. Uh, That gets the crowd going and finally agrees uh, to the match. So, Wrestle Kingdom match set Rapongi 3K against Young Bucks for the Junior Tag Team Championships. That is going to be... All kinds of awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm super hyped. If you if you've listened to me and Gary cover Ring of Honor since uh, the Tempura Boys were on their excursion over there in Ring of Honor, now Rapagni 3K. These guys have some history. Uh, they've wrestled two or three times already, and now that 3K can basically go all out. I'm I'm expecting a lot from them in the Bucks at the Dome. Uh, so this, as Sean just said, this should be phenomenal.
2: You wonder if. Uh... Somebody in New Japan told uh, Show and Yo like guys, this uh, this uh, Tempura Boys thing ain't gonna work here. So we gotta <laughs> we gotta figure out something else. And uh, they go, oh, let's put Rocky and make another Roppongi Vice deal. And I think it's worked out better for them. I I, I still like the whole. Uh, they look like they could. They just need to be. They need to have. Uh, you know, videos on New Japan World of them like going out to karaoke bars, uh, in <laughs> in attire and everything. Like that, that would be amazing. We need to, we need to have that happen. Uh, so we get the uh, another ten man tag because you got to have chaos and uh, Lij action because this is where a lot of you know you got your big main Wrestle Kingdom match happening out of this. So you get uh, Okada, Goto, Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Ghetto against uh, Tetsuya Naito, Evil Sonata, Bushi, and Takahashi. And this was all kinds of good stuff happening here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, the stuff with Okada and Naito just absolutely lit the building ablaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naito getting booed, <laughs> which was interesting. Uh, so, you know, because it's Osaka, mm-hmm. they, they got to boo him. It doesn't matter if they like him or not. They're going to boo him because we're just going to be Osaka, right? That's what they uh, do. So yeah. <laughs> this, it's what they do. Uh, but th- this was really good. Uh, Okada hits the rainmaker on Bushi. I don't know how Bushi is walking around after that. It looked like he just <laughs> chopped him down. And uh, he pinned him in a very decisive manner and did uh, Naito's eye thing just to let him know, I'm seeing you, man. He sees you. I see you. Mm-hmm.
0: The, the energy in this match was really special, from the crowd to the energy and action in the ring and everything like that. just made this really, really great. Uh, and the, the booing stuff on Naito was even better because him and Okada are fighting the outside. And he slams him on the entryway and the crowd boos him even harder. So he picks Okada up and does it again. Yes. <laughs> Naito is just phenomenal that way. But, uh, yeah, their match at Wrestle Kingdom should be all kinds of amazing. And you have, you know, obviously all of L.I.J., but you have the big heavy hitters that you have been meant to care about the entire year, uh, from chaos and this plus ghetto. So, you know, it's, it's a match that was guaranteed to get a lot of energy from the crowd and it plays out perfectly.
2: Yeah, certainly and all the counters and stuff from night to Okada, It's like, wow, you gave us a really nice preview. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see how you do it in the, uh, the match at the dome. Ah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, and then we got to talk about this match. <sighs> Never open way title bull rope match. Thank God Suzuki won There was a lot of interference And uh Why
0: In what world does this need 16 minutes In, in what world uh, Because I, it's not this one
2: uh, You could have done this in 5 minutes And you we would have all been great
0: Absolutely done this in 5 minutes <laughs> Uh, It's regular Suzuki gun stuff, guys. If you've seen one Minoru Suzuki title defense so far that uh, from like maybe uh, basically I guess since you won the belts, you've seen them all because it's all interference all the time. Nothing really feels settled and uh, Suzuki somehow comes out with the win. I will never understand when you have one of the better veterans on your roster carrying this belt why you need to have all the shenanigans. I I will never understand it.
2: I guess it's just to show that Suzuki's a dick. But it's like, he doesn't need them. He's Mm -hmm. a badass. He can take care of anybody he wants to. He could have choked out Yano in like two minutes. Yeah. And that would have made him even more. But I get it. They want Yano to do Yano things and whatever. And him kind of overcoming the bods a little bit is okay. But you know what's going to happen. And then like, it's... Was everybody except for Goto and Chaos, like, too tired to come out? Like, Goto's the only one that cares? <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, you think Ishii, you know, you want a title with a man. Like, come on. Like, where are you at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, like, I get If Okada don't want to come out there and, you know, whatever in Ghetto so he can get his butt beat. But it's just, like, everybody else, man, y'all suck. <laughs>
0: Ishi getting the suit ready to go out with the ladies tonight because they love this. Yeah, for Ishi.
2: exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, she has got to go make another uh, music video appearance. Exactly. <laughs> so, but we can quickly move on from that and this and go on to this IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between Will Ospreay and uh, Marty Skrull. Another. Great match between these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know each other like the backs of their hands at this point. They've they wrestled so many times, but yeah, you pretty much get everything that uh, makes these guys special. I loved how they used the uh, the Marty Crack the fingers thing <laughs> into all the finish and and preventing uh, Osprey getting the ropes and all that, and then also into the the finish as well, with Marty getting a cradle and winning mm-hmm. to the shock of himself. And you get the surprise title change, which I think is okay, considering what they're going to do, but boy, Osprey can't even really defend the, t- mm-hmm. <laughs> defend the title or anything.
0: This feeds Man. into the narrative that the entire wrestling world has created for Marty Scroll and Will Ospreay. Ospreay cannot beat Scroll at all. Um, I, I, it, if not in all of their matches, at least most of them, Marty always wins. Uh, whether it's in England, whether it's here in the States, or now here in Japan. Uh, it, it's just it's how these things go. And it, it's it makes for a really intriguing story, and that's something I think that uh, really drives Osprey throughout this match is trying to prove that he can beat this guy because he he busts out everything from the World Go like he he's doing all the flippy stuff that he usually does with ricochet mm. he's really I feel like pounding the pavement in a way Just, like his speed felt like it was an, on another level this match trying to make sure he stayed as many steps ahead of Marty as he could and and it still didn't matter which I thought was wonderful. Uh, and then of course you, the, the reversal out of the Oss cutter into the chicken wing might have been one of my favorite parts before they get to the to the pinning combination just because it's it's so synonymous with how this has gone no matter what Will does Marty's got a counter Marty's got something up his sleeve to to keep this kid down and it's just a beautiful storytelling stuff if you've seen their matches before i don't know if there's a whole lot new here but it's still it's always great uh and, and i the storytelling is what came away most for me watching this.
2: I think it's also Ospreay trying to prove that he's earned that championship too, Mm -hmm. right? He's, he's trying to be dominant and, and feel like, okay, I, I could show everyone that I'm cruiserweight champion. Uh, this is why, uh, but this is a guy that has his number Mm -hmm. and he, he proved it once again and won. So, uh, you got this uphill to climb now. After this, because in very short order, Kushida shows up and tells Marty girl that I want to challenge you, motherfucker, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and then Osprey has to you know literally tell him to go uh, screw off, uh, you know, and <laughs> he wants his rematch, and he's not happy about Kushida coming in here to. To tell him uh, to get, like, basically, you know, cut the corner. Mm -hmm. And then here comes Hiromu to the delight of all the crowd. They are just happy to see him. And he comes in with the big helmet and gloves. (laughs) He's ready to make sure that he does not get attacked. And... He's He looks like he's he's ready to, to challenge. And Skrull's just like, you know what? I'll take all of you on another fatal four-way uh, for a championship. At least it's not the junior tag titles this time. So mm-hmm. that's a plus. But, yeah, I mean, you know that these guys are all going to deliver when you get to Russell Kingdom, though.
0: I like this match. And I'm sure a lot of people that follow New Japan are super upset because they want to straight up one-on-one. And, and to an extent, I wanted to see Osprey and Hiromu go at it for sure. But I think this makes a lot of sense. You, you've done so many single matches this year between all these guys that this feels fresh, it feels new, and I like saving the, the other single matches for down the road. So to me, this makes perfect sense. Uh, and it keeps the Faction Warfare stuff alive, right? You have you know a baby face, you have... Bullet Club, you have Chaos, and you have L.I.J. all in there, and that's that's wonderful to me. So I think this just, just really does a great job of showing off the variety and keeping matches fresh idea that New Japan sort of basically is rule one almost at this point, and uh, I almost missed them making this a four-way because I was too busy doubled over in laughter <laughs> from Oromu's <laughs> ridiculous look here.
2: <laughs> I liked it, though. It was... Uh, it makes all the thinking... sense in the world.
0: It just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so funny.
2: <laughs> I wonder if he wore that out for Halloween, too. I hope a... so.
0: <laughs> Daryl in an equally ridiculous outfit.
2: Yes, Daryl needs to have his own mini helmet, yeah. too. <laughs> Can <'cause> you imagine? <laughs> that would be great. Uh, but, yes, so you have another Matt Severo Wrestle Kingdom, And then we go into this uh, IWGP United States heavyweight title match. Uh, Omega against Beretta. Um, of course the story coming in is Omega is basically telling Beretta, we're going to see if you're up to the task to be a heavyweight or are you going to go back to floundering in the juniors and basically Omega just kind of dilly dallies and, mm-hmm. and he's not taking this too seriously. He's, he pulls out a table and uh, he does the the double stomp uh, through it, actually through the table to the point where he makes a hole. And he, he puts the face to the table and is like, hey, young bucks, take my picture. ready?" <laughs> you know, so like, this, is, this is how not seriously he's <laughs> taking this. It was great, too. <laughs> it's like, here, guys, I'm ready for the photo. It's like that, you know, when you're a kid and you do the whole you stop on the road because there's that thing where you put your head in. And you take the picture, yeah. It's like it's like one of those. <laughs> I have seen it's this really...
0: GIF so many times since Sunday morning. <laughs> it's brilliant.
2: They could also put Omega in like The Shining yes. or whatever that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I uh, you know after this we just have basically Omega is uh, constantly. Hitting big moves and Beretta's kicking out of them,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And then Beretta's hitting some like modicum of moves, and then Omega basically just cuts him off and hits him a big move, and then Beretta kicks out again. And he just keeps doing it. Keeps doing. It. He hits the J Driller. He hits the the big German. He does pretty much almost everything in his arsenal, and Beretta just keeps doing it. Uh, They do a big 20 count thing with Beretta barely hits 20 and gets in. I mean, basically this was just Beretta overcoming and overcoming and overcoming until he just uh, it's just not going to happen. And finally the one-win angel happens and Omega wins. And Beretta sort of earns his welcome to the heavyweight division (laughs) after that.
0: Earns his stripes, I think, is uh, is what they used to say back in the day. But, uh, boy, this was so gr- – it's so different, I think, was what was best here. Uh, because these guys really went out there, first of all, with the, the Omega not taking Trent seriously, which, I mean, obviously he shouldn't, right? This is – Beretta's, like, fifth match as a heavyweight, and he's already getting a title mm-hmm. match. But uh, the, the, the amount of length they went to to make this feel – as hard-hitting as possible, which is something that's going to be very different from the main event, which is... I mean, it's still hard-hitting, but it's it's more flowy. This is, this is two guys that, by the end of it, who are absolutely trying to kill each other, from Omega, I think, almost breaking Beretta's neck every time he hit a dragon suplex, to Omega killing him with V-triggers, to uh, Beretta... I mean, I... I swear I thought Omega died on that last dude buster for the near fall near the yeah. end. And it just turns into something where you, you have to tip your hat to, to Beretta for really, I think giving Omega everything you wanted and more and almost pulling it out before, you know, Omega Omega's and just kills him with the one winged angel. This was terrific, terrific stuff.
2: Yeah, it was a freaking great match and really, uh, worth your time to go watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, whereas if you've probably seen the Osprey and and uh, Skrull match, maybe you can sort of skip that if you want to. But this one, you need to go check out. Uh, it's if you, especially if you're a fan of Verena, because he really, really proves himself in this match, and uh, Omega literally has to kill him mm-hmm. to to win. And that's that's what the great story of what this was is that I think Omega started not taking him seriously and then he had to by the end because beretta just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and yeah just had to take him out and so omega's all pumped up he's he says oh yeah i don't even have any challengers now and he starts you know telling them in japanese that he doesn't and that uh, everything's smooth sailing he's going to leave and what do you know the lights go out video happens Chris Jericho appears, and he says that he is the best in the world. The Alpha taking on the Omega somewhere. Bible numbers will be upset. And (laughs) then we find out that it's Omega and Jericho, U.S. title for Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, boy.
0: Uh I I didn't watch this live, unfortunately. But when I woke up to watch the show Sunday morning, Facebook, Twitter, any any sort of social media outlet, wrestling broke itself uh, because everybody. Oh my god, Chris Jericho! Wait, wait, and you know everybody saying their piece about whether they liked it or hated it. And I, I I'm just, I'm so excited for this match. Like Omega and Jericho are going to deliver something very very special. And I, I think this really says something not only about Omega's work just in general, reaching out to the wrestling world in general, but for New Japan to put this together and to build it uh, almost, it's a special feature for Omega at this point. And that's, if that doesn't get you to stick around, uh, I mean, they're going to be scrambling to think of some other reason to try to keep this guy here and not go to the WWE
2: Yeah, uh, Omega, and this probably goes into the story as well with Jericho because Mm -hmm. I'm sure they will hype up the whole Jericho coming from WWE and and everything else, Mm -hmm. right? And they said it while this package was on, but Omega already, when asked about WWE, says everybody in WWE is below me. Yeah, So, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm sure AJ Styles would love to have a word with you on that, but... (laughs) And, you know, everybody else, I think, he's he's probably correct about at this point. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm sure, you know, the, the Twitter warfare that will be happening uh, by the WWE folks, you know, WWE uh, big fans will be upset. But, hey, you know, that's what that's there for. And, you know, I think as much as we all wanted to see Ibushi and uh, Omega, I think you have to be real with yourself and say, look, this – Gets eyeballs mm-hmm. on the product. This look, almost every there's a lot of mainstream av- outlets that cover New Japan now, and uh, you know it makes me feel weird sometimes saying like God, I cannot believe. Just a you know a few years ago when we we were covering it, and it was a big deal for people to say that oh, oh look, you guys are covering it too. Like God, now freaking Rolling Stone talks about it, and yeah. w- you know ESPN talks about New Japan, and mm-hmm. so. New Japan has become part of the lexicon, even though they, they only do it really for the big shows. They don't cover every single one. West Kingdom will be one that they do yeah. cover. And you get to put Chris Jericho, a very well-known face here in America, on that cover or on that front page. People are going to pay attention. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? they, uh, like you said, I, I, there's a lot of people that wanted to see Omega and Ibushi. And I absolutely think we'll see Omega and Ibushi down the road. Don't get me wrong. It's, I think they had an opportunity to create something really big for their biggest show of the year, and they absolutely leapt at the opportunity because why wouldn't you, right? It's, I mean, you just spelled it out, Sean. This makes all the sense in the world. You have a big, your big star that you're advertising to the U.S. and Kenny Omega to take on, maybe one of the best to ever do it, and Chris Jericho on, on on the biggest stage you have in the biggest arena, and all these great, you know, big words that you can say, and I mean. Advertisement money. You're gonna make all sorts of great stuff happen uh, with this matchup. So, all the sense in the world. I'm excited for it. I know a lot of people aren't, but this this should be wonderful.
2: I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, when's the last time you really had a great Jericho match or whatever?" But look, Kenny Omega is a guy that gets the best out of anybody he wrestles, and mm-hmm. Jericho is going to be training hard because he knows this puts you in a different transfer. And again, as I talked, you know, I said it at the beginning of the show. The uh WWE Will come calling mm-hmm. if Jericho has an incredible mass because they're gonna want a piece of that. Yeah. And I wonder if New Japan's gonna fight them on it or Jericho's gonna give it a second thought and say, Hey, let me do this for a little bit. You know, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. But talking about one of the best to ever do it, certainly you cannot say that without having Hiroshi Tanahashi next to that. <laughs> Uh, th- those words, and he proves it here again with, uh, of course, the, these two, every time they have a match, it's great, but this is on uh, another level. And mm-hmm. once again, it's Sanahashi being really smart and working the leg, doing the dragon screw, and making Ibushi have to feel it for the rest of the match. And you start to see that wear Ibushi down as the match goes on, while Ibushi just keeps hitting every single big move that he can possibly hit, but he's gotta he's gotta think about that that knee and that leg, and he's gotta go back to it, and uh, and that just kind of gives Tanahashi that opening of, to be able to kick out because he's not being able to put that full force on there, and just these two just go at it, just blast each other. Uh, there is one little botch in here, but. You can forgive them uh, for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanahashi just seals it with a bunch of neck breakers and hitting that sing Blade. I got a number that you know, Ibushi also has neck problems. Mm-hmm. And he just, Ibushi wants to counter, but he can't. You get a bunch of, a couple of high-fly flows, and Tanahashi retains. But man, this match is incredible.
0: 30 minutes that just fly by. Uh, they instantly draw you into the match with uh, with Tanahashi and uh, Ibushi you know, they, they obviously do the groundwork and all that to sort of draw you in but very quickly they drop all that and Ibushi starts turning up the energy and I think that's the best definition for this is it's youth and uh, maybe lack of a game plan versus veterancy and a great game plan and Youth and no game plan almost won out because some of these hits that Tanahashi has taken from Ibushi are just absolutely disgusting. Everything from Mm -hmm. uh, the high kick to the head, uh, the great last ride, the insane amount of palm striking and just striking in general to Tanahashi's head and face is insane. And he just wins out. He survives it all. High fly flows. Tanahashi continues to prove that basically age is a number for him. Greatness is just greatness, and he's going on to to Wrestle Kingdom as the IC champ, which, which you know me and Sean both thought was going to happen. But I, I they they did a terrific job of creating doubts going into this match, and especially throughout the match, there were a couple times where I bit on Ibushi winning, and I think that's what helped make this so great and damn near a five star encounter.
2: Oh, yeah, because that's what makes this thing work is that even with all the work by Tanahashi, he had beat up Tanahashi so much that it's like, God, how much can this old man take?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, and he just proves to just just continue to let Ibushi wear down, and he's just being smart, waiting for his moment, and he capitalizes, you know, just has that big flurry uh, towards the end and, and takes Ibushi out and like you said he had a game plan he knew what he was doing and he was able to just pull it through you know and mm-hmm. he does he does go to Wrestle Kingdom as a champion but he also already knows who he's going to face because as he celebrates with his air guitar and he's jamming along and he's already broken it and busted it he's ready to go up the ramp Oh, oh! Here's this video, and here comes the switchblade, and it's Jay White, and Jay White comes in to confront Tanahashi. He is speaking Japanese and basically makes a pass at the Asit title, sort of, you know, letting Tanahashi know that uh, he he wants a piece of that. Mm-hmm. He uh, takes Tanahashi out. And uh, he has a knife necklace uh, for Tanahashi as he leaves, which is a, a cool little gesture there by the switchblade. But yeah, this is kind of the other guy that we thought it was going to be. And actually, I think this could sort of work out in the same way that, you know, we looked at the evil character when it first started. Right? We were like, oh man, this is a joke. Like, what is New Japan doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and immediately you think about it and you go, oh, you know, the Switchblade thing kind of looks cool, but it could also be kind of corny. But Jay White, you feel like he's going to make it work because you already have the confidence that they know how to how to do this. And they put him in a big spot. This is your semi-main event or at least third in the in the card right. uh, spot for Russell Keenan, And you're giving it to a, a guy coming right off excursion. scourge. And that, that's crazy. I think uh,
0: from the second they sent Jay White off, uh, all the buildup that what him and, and Finley were able to do in their matches and really get both of them over, I think you could tell that White was somebody they wanted to be a big star, a big crossover star, and his success in Ring of Honor I think really helped prove that too with how strong they booked him there and how over I think he got by the end of it. This is a huge opportunity for him. They're putting a lot on him, but he's in there with one of the best to ever do it. And I don't know if he's going to win at Wrestle Kingdom. I would be, that might be the most shocking thing that could happen at that show. But I think if you want to instantly put him on the map as somebody that's going to matter, as somebody who's going to be a huge deal for the company in 2018, this is the best way to do it. Whether the gimmick gets over or not, I don't know. He looks cool. He's still got that kick-ass leather jacket. Yeah. He He's dyed his hair black again. Uh, he just he looks the part, at the very least, of some big badass dude. And he looks ripped. More ripped than we've ever seen him. Uh, so I, I'm, I think the ceiling is non-existent for Jay White, if they can do this right. And a match with Tanahashi on the big stage is a great way to do it.
2: It certainly is. I don't know if he's going to win either. But like you said, it's that opportunity is there, and you come in, and it, you know, you know that just like they did with Ibushi, this match is going to be done in a way that's going to make you feel like White could certainly win, and if he does, man, talk about! I wonder if the roof will come off, you know, yeah. the dome, or people will just be so astonished that it goes so quiet. But either way, it's a win for the company, and even if he loses, just. If he loses in a in a fight, I mean that's gonna do wonders for him. So mm-hmm. what a what a great way to end the pay per view as well. Uh, you know, just when you think it's the old man celebrating again, here you come, take out Tanahashi, and you make a statement for the start of those uh, the World Tag League, which they'll have to. I, we'll get a break from everything, I guess, until it, until we have any road to the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of shows, but yeah, uh, this was a terrific show. And what do you what do you think for a rating?
0: There's only a couple of down moments in this show. Uh, the six man tag early on and the never open weight are probably the biggest ones. Everything else is uh, pretty darn good to great to match of the year worthy. Uh, if it was any other year that didn't have Omega and Okada killing each other three times over again. Uh, I think eight and a half is good. Uh the main the last three matches are terrific. You have some wonderful, wonderful undercard matches and, and a couple blips on the radar here and there, but they set up Wrestle Kingdom beautifully here. Uh they they did the press conference I believe earlier today or yesterday for for Wrestle Kingdom. They already have six matches signed up. Uh so great, great start to the build for the dome. And one could argue maybe the most important dome show of the entire company's history.
2: Yeah, certainly. Cause they, you know, Kidani going through that change where he's taking more of a on hands role mm-hmm. and they're starting to put things in motion for the, you know, us making that a bigger deal. And, this is that one that could certainly hit with the audience. Yep. And you may you make this land. I think you're going to you're going to get a lot of eyes on your product. You didn't have of course with Jericho there and, and everything else, but this this show needs to deliver. They know that and they've put guys in big positions already mm-hmm. uh to to shine. I mean, guys that have how many of their guys already are you know, you look at uh, Hiromu at Jay White, at, uh, it, you know, the, these guys are young, and they're there to shine in spots. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you know, you got Omega with Jericho, which is huge. You know, you could have the, the crowning moment for Naito. Uh, the, I mean, we don't know what Suzuki's going to do, but that's kind of whatever. Yeah, aside from if Suzuki and Yana would have delivered in any kind of way, I would have given him it a 9, but... yeah. Yeah, the 8.5 I think works well here, and this is still a really damn good show. You need to go check out at least the last two matches uh, for sure, and I and I definitely think uh, you should go check out the Junior Tad title match uh, mm-hmm. as well just to see Roppongi 3K if you haven't seen too much of them and see ACA's wonderful work uh, in that match too.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, there you go. Well, awesome, guys. Well, awesome job on Power Struggle. And we are going to move on from New Japan and jump into some impact wrestling. That's right. Bound for Glory was this past weekend. And, Paul, we have to break down this card. And, I honestly, I don't think we're going to spend a quarter of the time that you guys did on Power Struggle <laughs> on this Bound for Glory uh, discussion. Uh, what, how, we'll define it after we get through talking about it. But let's go and jump into this thing.
0: You know, if if you're on Twitter and you follow Moose, Moose said, F everybody. He thought Bound for Glory was an awesome show. Uh, all <laughs> right, Moose. <laughs> oh, yeah. About uh, that. I, I don't know. What do you think, Gary? I
2: mean, what do you expect him to say? It, all it was, show
0: <laughs> awesome show is definitely overselling it. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I, I'll say this. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. He sticks up for his team. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, you could admit when it didn't all work out. You could just say, we put in a lot of effort. There yes. you go.
0: I, I absolutely would have taken F everybody. We worked really hard to deliver a, sh- a great show and a great experience. I would have accepted that in a heartbeat because they did. I think you could see that. It's just there's a lot of stuff in the way here. But uh, we'll dive into that as we go through the show. Because Alberto El Patron showed up, he's here, uh, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, you get the big opening video package, uh, we're welcome to the show, and the building, Gary, looks exactly like the Impact Zone. I-, I wouldn't have been able to tell you if we were in Ottawa or Florida or a different dimension, because clearly, if we're in the Upside Down, it just looks like the Impact Zone.
1: It sure does, <laughs> and uh, those people that they hired, oh man, they did a great job. Yeah, I hope, I hope they got a good deal in the hotel packages or whatever they were trying to <laughs> pretend that they were using. Um, I hate to be like that, but no joke. I mean, I, I have to say this, just looking at that crowd in this, even the first match, it, they were obviously pointing out certain people over and over again. And mm-hmm. those people were freaking out like they had just won the lottery. Yeah, And I'm, I'm sorry. I've been to shows. I've get, gotten to see some of my favorite wrestlers never, ever, ever have acted like that. So, <laughs> um, just saying. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, as we get into this and we get into that first match, I mean, it, things get actually kind of interesting because there's mm-hmm. a lot of great talent in the X Division. But, I mean, just really never took me to a, another level.
0: It really just didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, this first match is unfortunately as good as it's going to get to, uh, the X division titles up for grabs as Trevor Lee defends against Desmond Xavier, Matt Seidel, Petey Williams, Sanjay Dutt, Garza Jr. Uh, it's lucha rules. So you don't have to worry about tagging and, uh, Andrew Everett and Caleb Connolly are banned from ringside. Petey Williams is over like Rover in his home, uh, his hometown naturally, Uh, He's got the Team Canada colors on and using the Team Canada music and just absolutely throwing it back to the good old days of TNA. And uh, these guys went out here and worked really hard to give these people a great show and to open the show on a bang. And I think they succeeded. Everybody's flying around everywhere. Everybody, I thought, got an opportunity to look really great. And uh, coming down the stretch, you have uh, Matt Seidel missed the Shooting Star Press. Xavier ends up catching uh, catching him with a rolling kick afterwards. However, he eats a Destroyer. Uh, Lee tosses him out of the ring and steals the victory away from Xavier by pinning uh, Seidel to retain his championship against all the odds. And I I thought this – I was excited at this very moment. I was like, oh, man, this is a great – this is a really good match. It's a great way to open the show. And Lee winning was, was a little unexpected for me because uh, both you and I thought that Seidel were going to walk out of here, Gary.
1: Yeah, it was a big surprise, and maybe that's, uh, you know, kind of a tall task, I, I think, for some people, because, you know, you would think that Sidell would be the favorite, or maybe even uh, Xavier, or anybody else, or, what well, I think that's his name, right? I keep blanking on the thing. kids. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Xavier, I, I really felt like he was a, a big favorite, too, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, Trevor Lee being the heel that he is, and, you know, continuing on that path, I thought, that Nah, that wasn't going to happen, but it did, and it's okay. Like you said, great match. Everybody put in a lot of effort. I mean, I'm really, really happy with the effort. Mm-hmm. I Just like I said, it never really took me to the next level. I, yeah. I don't think that I was any more excited about this match than I was Impact's X Division
0: match last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I think they were really about on par as far as quality goes. So, uh. It just, it, I think it served its purpose, right? This was the opener. The crowd got pretty hot for it at times. Uh, and as I said, unfortunately, that was as good as it's going to get. Because uh, to bring in one, one, one of the best junior heavyweights wrestling right now, Taji Ishimori, to take on Tyson Dukes is your next match. Because obviously the the Red Wedding match could not happen because uh, Taya Valkyrie did not get her visa in order to come back into the States, and she is from Canada. She would have no problem getting into the country. It's getting out that would have been the problem. So, uh, that unfortunately killing maybe the match most people were excited to see. You get this uh, match, and I use that in quotes because they're so focused on Laurel Van Ness hanging out in the crowd. Uh, we don't really get to see a whole bunch of action. It- Taji Ishimori wins with the 450. This really could have been, I think, something cool to establish. One, Tyson Dukes, who is an incredibly underrated wrestler, but Taji Ishimori has the look and the talent to be something big for TNA if they ever decide to do something with him. Clearly, that was not the idea here, although they did tease that he might have an X-Division title match down the road.
1: Uh, One good thing to come out of this, I guess, I mean, besides that, though, I mean, I think you're completely right. This was about Laurel Mm Vanessa. They They made her the more important thing here. The match was just background noise. And that's the way it felt, and I hate to say it that way. And, you know, I guess maybe they didn't think it was, but to me... The distraction was enough to take me away from the match, even if they did put a lot of good effort into making it something special, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I I don't understand that. And not only that, what am I supposed to be thinking about Laurel Villanelle? I mean, she's hanging around these guys, and I swear, it's like, and I don't mean to be derogatory, but it's almost like they're saying, hey, you know, we're filming a prostitute walking around talking to all (laughs) these guys. Um, that's more important than the the wrestling match. So here she is. She's sitting on this guy's lap. Look at that Canadian going, hey. So I just, it just felt uncomfortable. It really did.
0: Uh, I don't think I could really add anything to make that description better. So we'll just move on. (laughs) Uh, Grado runs into Abyss backstage and tries to get out of the monsters ball match. Uh, and of course it, that's not going to happen. Uh, and then, if you've ever wanted to see somebody show up to a wrestling show and basically just read stuff like they're on Twitter, that's what this Alberto El Patron promo was, guys. Uh, he comes out and talks about how much he gave to the company and how they turned this back on him because they have no balls and they're backstabbers. And he had to read all this stuff on on news sites about how you know they're they're, they're all lies that he didn't you know beat Page or anything like that calls Drake a paper champion, and just rambles and rambles. And to make things worse, commentary keeps cutting in, telling him to cut the mic. And, he, you know, eventually this brings uh, – Alberto calls out Jeremy Borash because he teases beating him up and then doesn't and then hypes Bound for Glory and then leaves. I'm
2: i you watching
0: uh, WCW again? That, that so might as well have been what this was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so bad.
1: I don't understand how this helps Patron at all, Paul. I don't. I don't see how it makes anyone interested in what he's doing. Mm -hmm. It's just wah, 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 and uh, here I am. Love me. Worship me.
2: Also, if I'm a woman or anybody that's been abused, uh, I'm watching this and saying this company is just oblivious to what it's allowing to happen here you are making domestic violence a storyline and not in a good way. That is bad, 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 bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, you know, victims, you know, that, uh, of uh, that kind of violence, you know, they've got to have deal with that every day. I mean, Drew McIntyre does and they deal with that, you know, so it happens. Um, yeah, but
0: it, uh, it happens. Uh, I, I, and you're right i mean if you're a victim of domestic fire violence i mean this a terrible situation and and to kind of try to turn this into basically the fuel for the fire of patron's heel turn it it feels it, i mean this is like typical indie sleaze almost uh which i mean that does not have a great connotation to it at all this is this was bad this was bad 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 um and unfortunately it's not going to get better guys
1: uh <laughs> yeah it's not and did you like them teasing that borash was going to be beaten up by Patron? like my god how do we have to really pick on borash every time if something happens i mean my god he's like today you know they always like to pick on
0: Mm-hmm. i mean borash is kind of in a way almost a face for the company uh just because he's been with them the entire time he's done ring announcing he does interviews like he's Maybe out of everybody who's ever been with the company, he might have the most camera time uh, racked up, and this is including Jeff Jarrett.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that is true.
0: Uh, after that rousing, uh, quote unquote promo, we go on to Monsters Ball as Abyss takes on Grado. Too long. Uh, not really anything worth writing about. You get Janice coming in here. Uh. Laurel Van Ness is also, uh, sort of interfering and messing with, uh, with Gredo uh, to sort of, I guess, try to get revenge on him for the whole lack of getting married thing. Here comes Rosemary. And this is how they decide to use her. They inject her here. She missed Abyss. She missed, uh, Laurel. It doesn't really matter though, because Grado, uh, gets rolled up for two and the bell rings for some reason. Um, and then Abyss hits a really awful-looking black hole slam onto a barbed wire board to get the victory and send Grado away from Impact. And I did, uh, this is 12 minutes of my life. I'm not getting back, Gary.
1: Yeah, you're not. And, you know, at least there were a few spots that, you know, kind of had some entertainment to them, you know. It, it's always fun to see, you know, someone get hit in the head with a trash can or Mm -hmm. barbed wire get put to their skin, things like that. I just, like you said, there's not really a lot here, though. They really don't do anything so over the top that you're, you know, talking about it around the water cooler. I, I just don't know. I don't get it why they do these kind of things. But, I mean, here we are. And... You know, Laurel Vanessa getting involved makes a lot of sense. I won't crap on him for that. I think that actually did give something of relevance um, and make it a, make a reason for her to be out there. Uh, and then, of course, adding in, you know, like you said, Rosemary was kind of neat. But besides that, it was just very pedestrian.
0: I think pedestrian there. I really also think from the word go, you don't really feel like Grado has a chance. And I, I, I thought he was going to win this match, but. Abyss spends most of the match, beating him up, and Grado sort of gets the big uh, rush at the end uh, before all the interference goes down. So I, I don't know if that was terrific. It's not like you need to sell Grado as an equal to Abyss in, in Abyss's match, essentially. But th- I didn't really felt like – I never felt like he was going to win, you know?
1: Uh-huh.
0: uh Team Impact gets to cut a promo about their match tonight. Uh, they have a ton of audio issues here. It kind of fades in and out. Uh, Thankfully, though, I didn't have to hear James Storm talking, so I kind of enjoyed that little bit. But (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wanted to hear what EC3 had to say and Eddie Edwards to an extent and don't really get to hear that. Although we do learn that Eddie Edwards will defend the GHC championship this uh, Thursday on Impact. Any any, any Uh, thoughts here, Gary?
1: Yeah, I mean, all this is fine. I mean, uh, I think it's you know kind of continuation of things. I I just wasn't really, yeah. I don't know. I, I really
0: didn't have a lot for this. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't know about you. Did you? I mean, did you find anything super
0: uh, grand? No, not really. I mean, you're coming off basically it's a comedy of errors at this point. Though you have a, a miscue during the last match, a botchy finish, and then you can't get your audio to work right. I mean, way to sell yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you had those problems, and you really don't get it across. But uh, I'll be honest with you. I was kind of done with all this. I just wanted to get to the match, you know, and I don't even think they really needed this. I don't even know why they put this here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of just like a last little hard sell for everything. Uh, But that does bring us to the six-man tag as Team Impact, consisting of EC3, Eddie Edwards and James Storm take on Team AAA. A. Uh, I, I will say this much. These guys worked very, very hard in front of a crowd who I think had checked out after that Monsters Ball match. Uh, And I don't know if the crowd really a- ever gave this show another chance until the very end, uh, which hurts a lot of other stuff coming up. But you end up having Team Impact get the victory here with EC3 uh and james storm sort of getting uh their ducks in a row working together uh they annihilate the the rest of team Impact, or team triple a and then super kick to pagano ends it as storm gets the big victory uh like i said they they worked very very hard the crowd didn't care and i was already sort of done with the show by this point <laughs>
1: Uh, look, we've already basically seen these matches. Mm-hmm. So nothing new, nothing too overly exciting. I mean, they added a few wrinkles. Good. That's what you got to do. Um, but outside of that, I mean, just not super enthralled in what they're doing. I I think the most enthralled I was is when you had at the end here, you see three yelling at, you know, the cowboy to, to kick a guy's effing head off. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I was really just kind of uh okay, so I mean I don't I hate to be that up for a lot of these matches, but this is just another one that just really never took anything and ran with it. It was just kind of another match for me,
0: so yeah i I mean, that's very much what it felt like is it was just a match, but I think you could tell they were trying to do stuff out there and get the crowd into it, and just nobody was having it at this point,
1: yeah, just gotta blame Pagano why you gotta blame somebody I just blame the the clown looking dude.
0: <laughs> uh you have uh eli drake and uh chris adonis backstage more audio problems lots of static again this time around uh drake basically says he's going to be the champ after the tonight ends uh and then we come up on the 5150 street fight for the tag team titles as ove defends against lax and this i think was a giant letdown I was expecting so much more, and we don't really get a whole lot of anything. You get a couple big spots here or there, but it's nothing super crazy that makes you feel like this put it over the top. Uh, and then you have Sammy Callahan be revealed as LAX or LAX's OVE's backup to come in, and even the even the side since uh, all of LAX was legal essentially. Uh, Sammy tosses some powder into Conan's face. Uh, slams Santana onto a ladder bridge that they had built, and then puts Ortiz through a table with a pile driver for OVE to retain. Nobody in that building cared that Sammy Callahan was the mystery guy. Maybe it was because a lot of people already had figured it out by this point, or maybe the show had done enough damage, but Sammy comes out to damn near crickets.
1: That was a problem for me, majorly. It really, really was, because that was supposed to be this big moment. In fact, this whole match was supposed to be a big moment, and it wasn't. So all the way around, this was flat as flat could be. It really, really was, and sure, you know, you have a guy leaping from a crazy height. Oh, man, that's awesome. It's great, but it didn't save anything, Mm -hmm. and I, I just think that this was something that was really honestly sold very well. I mean, I really bought into it. I was thinking they're going to have something great. It's going to be super exciting. And then here I sit saying that was not anywhere close to what I thought or wanted it to be. So Mm -hmm. I just, I'm very, very disappointed in this match. And really, if they can actually do it right, I'll be excited to judge it then. But right now it's terrible.
0: Yeah. And during the post-match, you have OVE, uh, beat down LAX, some more. So somewhere during this match, we were supposed to have a double turn and supposedly we were supposed to sort of feel for LAX. Nothing in the feud up to this ever felt like that was supposed to be what was happening here. <laughs> Nothing oh,
1: at all. <laughs> It's just stupidest thing ever because i mean we're supposed to be rooting for the young guys who are getting beat down by this giant gang and now all of a sudden supposed to switch sides on them makes no sense at all
0: yeah absolutely i think silly to think that you could try to pull this off right now uh with literally zero build going into that so uh we can write off another one there Gail Kim gets pre-match promo uh, and says basically that there was no way she could have prepared for this kind of night, and she's going to be her, she's going to go out there, and she's going to be Knockout's champion once again. Uh, and then we get a shot. Santino in the crowd, Gary. Uh, this might have been the first time I perked up a little bit since uh, <laughs> the show started.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, you know, if only he could have actually got out and done a lot of things, then I think it would have really made me excited. But it, w- it was nice to see his face.
0: Yeah, it's, it was pretty cool. Uh, Sienna then defends the knockouts championship against Allie and Gail Kim. And this was another match. Uh, get the crowd was way into Gail, which was important because she's obviously the one who comes out with a victory here. She eats, uh, she ends up hitting eat defeat off the ropes onto, uh, onto Sienna to get the victory and sort of overcome the big bully in the knockouts division, I will say this, this was a nice moment that was cut very short because Gail gets about five seconds to sort of soak it all in, but then it's, it's time for her to leave.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's what's kind of sad about this whole thing. This should have been something super special for her. I think they should have gave her flowers, should have really doted on her, right, yeah. and said so thank you. Thank you for all the hard work that you've done. Thank you for the, all, all the hard work you're doing right now with our women's division. No, that's okay. We'll just kind of concern ourselves with whoever, whatever we're doing at the moment. And, you know, everyone else will have to kind of figure it out. So I, I just think it kind of very lackluster and just didn't do enough uh, to to make me happy with what Gail Kim should have had. And she should have had a very special match and a very special night mm-hmm. that night. So, I mean, I get it. Allie's a big fan favorite. You got her involved in this match. You can make Gail Kim just unstoppable. Right. Um, but I still feel like, you know, you could have gave her a better send-off.
0: I absolutely agree with that. Especially, I mean, this is the woman that put the knockouts division on the map, basically. Uh, her and Kong, but nearly by themselves before, you know, you had the whole influx of talent come in to sort of help support them. So, uh, it's kind of a bummer. But, I mean, she does at least get to write her name on the championship's history one more time, Uh, if this was indeed her final match. So... Uh, Dan Lambert fires up the American top team ahead of the cage match. Uh, this is where you have Jimmy Jacobs show up at the commentary. Once again, nobody really cares. I don't know if they ever really actually saw him. Um, Jeremy Borash sort of questions why he's here, say he doesn't work here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jacobs is like, eh, that's what you think, and then, and then walks out. So, uh, the, Then we get to the six sides of steel match here as Lashley and King Mo take on Moose and Stefan Bonner. Uh, uh, This is another one where I really have to tip my hat to these guys because I think King Mo and Bonner were working very hard to try to show that they belonged, but nobody was really having anything in this. Uh, Moose ends up trying to go after Dan Lambert after you have some American Top Team interference, and Lashley ends up destroying him with a spear to get the victory. Uh, This... Much like the feud, this did very little for me, other than, man, I appreciate that you're working hard, but there's just nothing here to make me care. Nothing at all.
1: You know, doing all the MMA holds... Mm-hmm. And doing some of the things that you feel comfortable with, I'm I'm okay with that to an extent. Yes, you have to feel uncomfortable before you start putting other moves on people in the ring. And I think that's what Bonner and of course you know Mo have kind of had to start thinking about and kind of put themselves in a situation. Sure, they may have joined a uh, you know a situation where they kind of felt better about you know the way things were kind of shaken out because you know they they were trying to make this whole perfect situation go about where everybody gets a shot at everybody, everybody looks good, but it's not always going to work out. And you've got inexperienced guys in there that can't do that. They're not ready for that. So, mm-hmm. it's it, in the end, it was okay. And, and I wanted to really like it. I really did. I really wanted to get into it. But I, I kind of found myself just really, honestly, not caring. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, lots of guys laying around, lots of just dull moments leading up to a few big th- moments that Moose got to have. Like, Moose got to jump off the cage onto Lashley and a dude. That was, that was kind of cool, but just it, it's just missing the mark on basically everything. And after the opener, you just sort of shot yourself in the foot with a lot of stuff and lack of people, even in the building, who paid to be here, uh, according to reports, because it was sold out. They just don't care. Just don't care at all.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh Johnny Impact gets to cut a big babyface promo ahead of his title match, sort of firing up and talking about all the sacrifices he's made to get here, and uh I you know, him and Drake were on pace to have a really fun match. There's there's a great uh move where Eli goes to whip Johnny into the barricade and Johnny just sort of slides underneath it and one of like this is a really slick looking move. And they they battle back and forth and wouldn't you know it here comes Alberto to pull the referee out after a starship pain. Uh, looks like it was about to win the match for Johnny impact, uh, goes for a dive on Alberto, but he ends up hitting the referee and Berto lays out impact with the chair and grabs the belt and lays it on Drake and, uh, basically continues to beat up Johnny with a chair before, uh, putting Drake over impact to let him retain the championship there's tons of interference from Adonis, and it's classic impact, TNA, GFW, booking, whatever you want to call them, 101. Heels don't get to win clean, and Eli is basically being set up to be fed to Berto at this point, because that's absolutely what this feels like, and I I, I was pretty pissed off at this point. You, you had done so much work for Eli to feel like he was trying to matter, and it was hit or miss, And at least you were trying something with a guy that, you know, you had built and they flushed it all away once again to kowtow to somebody who has name value and basically somebody who you believe is going to be your big star And Alberto El Patron. When realistically, after tonight, I would wager that he's probably not worth as much as some of your mid-card guys.
1: Yes, can you hear me? I can now. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, this whole thing shook down, and I, you know... It, it, once again, I really wanted to get into... It. I really... I mean, I think there were some moments here, because I, I like Eli Drake, and I like Johnny Impact, right? Mm-hmm. But it just never felt like it, felt like it hit that level to me. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I am I, I kind of missed some of the things you were saying because I had some audio issues on my end. Um but I mean, uh if if I did I mess up there, we on that part, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, we're talking about the world time. Okay.
1: Sure, I, I was going to try to cut out at the wrong time. I I heard you mention impact. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think in the end you got a match that was good and probably one of the better matches on the card for me watching <laughs> it. It felt it did feel like it was high stakes. It felt like it mattered, but I I think the interference really hurt it. And I think there were just some moments where it felt like, okay, well, this is a great main event for Impact. And just done regular TV taping.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it it very well might have been. Um, I just, there's so much already working against this show for you to turn around and pull the same crap that really I think has gotten you into more trouble than helped you by basically ruining a great main or you know a very well built you know a very well built up main event as far as the way the match was going to me at least to have Alberto and, and the constant interference from Adonis was sort of whatever right like i i'm sure you're mm-hmm. counting on that but yeah. to have Alberto basically come in and, and and ruin the party which is the story that they built earlier with the promo but i i just i have no in- i don't does anybody out there have interest in seeing Alberto Run this company and be its champion again. I, you got nothing great out of it the first time. He basically killed interest in LAX, and then the big, uh, the big thing uh, that you know all the news about him and Page broke out, and that they had to you know strip him of the title and all that. I, I don't, I don't want to see this guy anymore. I, I think I'm done with El Patron, and they clearly believe him to be something big and worth doing something with. And I, I just don't see it anymore. I I mean, especially after tonight, that, that promo was garbage. And if you're going to just typically TNA book here, then I don't know if I want to watch the show anymore.
1: No, I'm right there with you. I'm not, you know, far away from where you're at. And here's the thing. Is it the fact that Patrone is the freshest for off of WB television? That's the big question for me. And the other question is, is you know, because Johnny Impact is a guy that has earned his stripes every single place he's been. Mm-hmm. Impressed, drew money, made a difference to whatever roster he was a part of. And yet, here you sit, giving it to a guy like Patron, who's not all that interesting, but you've got a guy that not only did it in WWE, but has brought it from other places, I don't understand is it the stink of the WB is not on him anymore is that the problem what is it that patron has over these people mm-hmm. I mean whose sister does he have pictures of that's you know inappropriate <laughs> right I mean so that's just the question you have because this guy to me like you're saying is not all the entertaining He's you know a, a good wrestler for what, he, what it's worth, but mm-hmm. still someone I don't need to see week in and week out and someone I definitely don't need to see as the champion.
0: I, I can't think of a solid, solidly great match he has had in Impact yet. He had good stuff in Ring of Honor and Lucha and all that where he looked motivated the first time before he got re-signed by WWE. And since he's been in Impact, he's just been a big, giant letdown, in my opinion. It's just not good. I don't know what you. Uh, what does he have? What what does what does Impact and Anthem see in this guy as their as their champion? I, I because I, I think Johnny Impact brings more to the table than he ever will.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you got me. And I wish they'd answer that question. They probably would never will do that, but I wish they would answer that question.
2: Yeah. Well, isn't uh, Johnny Impact a AAA guy?
0: I, technically, he works AAA and all that, but I, he's been there for every show they've done so far since they agreed to the deal earlier in the fall. So, I and especially with how intermediate you tape, I don't see why he couldn't do both. I mean, it's not like they're touring. Maybe
2: they have some kind of contract with Patron where he has to be in the main event or something.
0: I, he's got to have something. That's all I can think of. Because mm-hmm. this was... I, this is so many wrong moves on a show that it's it just feels like, you know, you're you're. I I don't want to say you're watching a company collapse because I don't know if it was that bad of a show, but it certainly felt like you just watch a comedy of errors for, from production to to booking to the choices that they're they're making with their talent. It just, I it's a show that literally almost fails on every front. <sighs>
1: And that's a really sad thing because we have a lot of guys on this roster and girls that you just think, okay, there's potential there. There's Mm -hmm. excitement that could be had. There are storylines that are right there at your fingertips, yet this is the product you're given. And I think that's super discouraging. Mm
0: -hmm. I I think we just got to rate this. uh, Oh, boy, do
1: we really have to? I I I mean, (laughs) do we? Oh, we can. Um, God. Uh, I give it a three.
0: <laughs> I, th- I, I think I'm going to give it a three, too. And I almost think a three is generous. Yeah. Uh, because really, I, I didn't
1: want to piss all over it, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, maybe a two also. might You be only concerned. lit up
2: a trash can on fire, not a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: You had a good opener. Uh, and you had a lot of guys working hard to try to put on a show in front of a dead crowd. Uh, I, I mean, hats off to the workers here because they—you guys had to put up with a lot of shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was also what we got.
1: So, Jimmy Jacobs, you got a lot to work. You got a lot of work to do. Just telling you, man.
0: So, uh, I mean, Impact better be something special. <laughs> That's all I can say.
1: Yeah, for Whew. sure. So, we are going to leave this alone. Uh, as you're bound for glory for 2017. Um, hopefully, next year it is at least a four or five so <laughs> <Eight> um, <steps. laughs> yeah thes wanna... low yeah yeah exactly well let 's talk some ring of honor uh, there's some uh, things here that I do want to talk about let 's do that next
0: let 's do it. Alright, so we get to open this episode of Ring of Honor TV with some highlights of War Machine's promo, talking about how they were done playing nice and how they're ready to go after the World Tag Team titles, even if Ring of Honor doesn't really want them to because they've been such a huge success worldwide. Uh, And then we get the announcement about Mark Mark Briscoe's injury. Uh, There will be no TV title match tonight. Uh, However, they're going to remedy this uh, on this run of uh, TV shows where you're going to have uh, they call it a championship series. They, uh, they also call it a win-in-your-in sort of deal, where at Final Battle, it's going to be a four-corner survival match, uh, which, of course, is elimination rules. So uh, Kenny King will defend his championship against uh, winners of matches throughout these, which have announced to be Josh Woods against Punishment Martinez. You'll have Cheeseburger take on Shane Taylor and Jonathan Gresham against Silas Young. Uh, Maybe I I think it's pretty obvious already what you could pencil in for final battle at this point, Gary.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, You're right there, and you know it's really interesting the way they kind of shook this out and and put it together. But I I think the writing is on that wall.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty clear. I think where they're gonna go with that. But we we get to our first match. Uh, It's a tag team match. The Kingdom of TKO Ryan and Vinny Marseglia take on the dogs and coast to coast. Uh, you have Matt Taven on commentary. Who's just wonderful. I, one, I was surprised that they gave coast to coast as much as they did. Cause I really thought they were going to use this to kind of put the kingdom over, but I thought coast to coast looks really strong. The dogs are basically here to take moves and the kingdom, uh, get to win with this really unique finisher because you have TK holding uh, holding up Vinny, who's got uh, I, I think it's uh, LSG of coast to coast in uh, basically he O'Connor rolls him after uh, you have TK uh Death Valley driver both guys off of his shoulders which is really cool looking I uh, I just I, I'm not real sure how they pulled it off honestly <laughs> but the kingdom do win. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm right there with
1: you. That was kind of crazy. Um, you know, what is interesting here is, you know, a couple of things. Uh I think the dogs like you said, they're taking a lot of the moves, but I I just whoa, the, the, are they supposed to be just completely insane? Like but, is that the whole point?
0: I guess. I, I don't know. It's it's almost like an alliance of convenience cuz they they end up shoving each other and their uh Will throws a hissy fit on the outside about losing, so
1: yeah that's a that's a point Aww. it's it's that it's the weirdest thing It's like will Ferrara just fell off the back of a truck and hit his head and now he's broken <laughs> um and yeah not not the trademark broken either yeah so um But anyway, uh, there's definitely issues. But then again, kind of good things coming out of that because now you kind of care about the dogs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The kingdom, sure, they they may not have been in complete control, but they still get the victory. That matters. Week in and week out as the kingdom is here. I fall more and more in love with everything that they have for us. I really really do. Uh you know, you can't deny great commentary, you can't deny great work in the ring when they're involved. So I mean, right now I have all positive things to say about the kingdom. Really loving it.
0: They they are super over with the crowd. They they're getting all the chance during this match. Uh Philly is just in love with these guys and you get to hear more as uh they do a promo post match where they talk about the believed conspiracy against them. Uh, They've beaten the tag champs. They haven't gotten their fair rematch for the six-man titles. They basically call out the Motor City Machine Guns for a tag team title shot uh, for TK and Vinny. Uh, You know, I I really enjoy the act. I think a lot of people do. I didn't feel like this promo was their strongest moment, however.
1: You're right, it wasn't. Um, but it got the point across.
0: It did. It did get the
1: point across. Uh, I, I think that's the more uh, strong, important thing here. But you're right. It wasn't the most entertaining. It wasn't the strongest. But I, at least they did get across what they needed to. And I, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and and so we'll see what goes on next. But I, I just, I'll just say this, too. I love their theme music. I, every week I hear it, I just, I don't know what it is about it. It's soft. It's gentle. But I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it really does, I think spell out what that act is about too. Uh, uh-huh. which is, which is cool. Uh, we get some highlights from the global wars tour of Cody bringing a fan into the ring to kiss his ring. And, uh, it's a fan in an American mask who it turns out to be Dalton castle who attacks him. And Dalton castle is officially back from his injury, uh, which is just great. And we'll, we'll get more on this as, as we go on throughout the evening. However, we get a promo from flip Gordon who is tired of the bullet club picking on him and messing with him and ribbing him and all these other words that he throws out. So he's going to go out and find some guys who got nothing to lose like him to take them down. So it looks like flip is going to find some guys to challenge for those six man titles. Come final battle, Gary.
1: Yeah, and I'm really interested in who he picks out. I really, really want to know who those guys are uh, because, you know, we already see so many of these wrestlers joined up with groups. We have Search and Destroy, The Kingdom, um, you know, just all these different groups that are out there. Well, who are they going to pick to be a part of their group that matters? That's my biggest question, you know, so... I I think it's a good thing that they have something like this that has that continuity uh, that goes back to just watching the elite and other things where they they really do tease Flip Gordon a lot, (laughs) you know, and it's fun. But, you know, I'm glad at least on TV it's brought to our attention. And the other thing is, is what are they going to call the team name? I kept thinking, is it going to be the Flippies, you know? God, I hope so. (laughs) So,
0: I mean, they already have the best friends. Why not the Flippies? Why not the Flippies? Uh, I, for, first just, you know, inclination that came to mind was he's going to go get coast to coast, um, and just let him have a flippy boy special, but who knows? I mean, they could bring in talent, uh, to, to sort of fill this out in, and maybe some fresh faces, but coast to coast was the first one that came to mind to me.
1: Not a bad choice. Honestly, I'm okay with that. I think that would work great for flip. So, Mm um, You know, I'm interested in that, and I'm interested, you know, in in seeing, you know, how he and these people come across, uh, you know, in that
0: whole division of, you know, triple threat. Not triple threat, but uh, three-man teams, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cody's out to defend the world title once again against a crowd favorite. Uh, He sort of talks him up as being this colorful character who is super popular with the... Ring of Honor Faithful, and, of course, the crowd begins chanting for Dalton Castle. Uh, Cody brings Ian up to the ring and asks him who he thinks he should defend the title against after hearing out the chants, and Ian Riccoboni, of course, says Dalton Castle as well. So, Cody goes so far as to say, you know what, Dalton ain't here tonight, guys. It ain't gonna happen. However, the number one contender is uh, a man by the name of Ryan Nova, who commentary smartly says, you know, he's only been training for, like, eight months uh, so, uh, oh you get boy. A pretty clear picture of this. The best part though, Cody wants him to kiss the ring and, and Ryan Nova just eats it straight up. <laughs> really, really funny. Uh, after that though, Cody just destroys him, kick to the stomach, uh, a little bit of battling around turns into, uh, the crossroads and then pulls him up from the cover to lock in the American Deathlock to make him tap out. Everything you expected to see out of this,
1: right? I mean, Cody's going to beat down whoever comes across, and uh, of course, these really no-name people coming in there and getting in the ring with him are going to take the beating. And I think he did a good job of taking what he you know had to take. But um, you know, uh, just you know, it's it's more of Cody Rhodes being Cody. Uh, I like that. I, I like you know, he continues to do the same thing, and he's getting the message across.
0: Right, right. Uh, and that continues uh, during this post-match angle as you have Dalton Castle come out and debates whether if this is all that Ring of Honor is paying him for. Um, he calls him a lackluster champion. He calls him a, a good wrestler. Not a great wrestler, a good wrestler. Uh, he wants to fight right now. And Cody's like, you know what? I, I, we have other plans here. I, you know, I don't believe that you would stand a chance against me, Dalton. Uh, so I'll do this for you instead. I'll call up I'll call up Paul, and of course he's referring to Triple H, uh, and says, you know, I can get him to offer you a development deal, and you can come back to Ring of Honor when you're ready to face me after you've polished up your skills. <laughs> this sort of has left uh, Dalton speechless, and Cody says, you know what, you think about it, I'm going to walk past you, and, and you're not going to hit me or anything like that, because you're going to be thinking about it. However, of course, Dalton does attack him in the aisleway as he's going up the ramp, lays him out in the ring with the bangerang. The crowd goes absolutely nuts for the guy, and tells uh, he tells Cody, "You know what? I'm good where I am, so I think I'll just stick around and I'll take your title, Cody." Uh,
1: this was really good. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it, it's very obvious. Um, but the one thing I'll take away is I love you know you blurring the lines. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. and I I can't say enough about that. You know, blurring the lines and mentioning even Triple H and things like that, and in the shot that he took, uh, Dalton is saying, "All your friends went there, you yeah. know. Oh, aren't you going to go?" And things like that, and saying that you know, making a little money and all that. So it, it's it's the same things that all these bigger indie stars are doing right now, right? They're they're trying to take a dig at WWE and say, "Look, we're making way more money. We're more successful." Blah blah blah. Um so they got that in, and I think that was fine. I really enjoyed that part of it. I, I'm really interested in, you know, the the situation that they've got here because it's been a while since we visited that. Now, you know, he's back full-time, and Dalton Castle can get in the ring. This is going to be exciting. I, I'm really ready to see this matchup, you know, go down.
0: I, I think what I liked most about this with that this was so different, I think, from what you usually get with Ring of Honor. Uh, because you don't always have these great characters like Cody and Dalton to work with. Uh, and when you do in a main event program, this feels like a very big deal for Dalton. Uh, almost so much so that I would say that, uh, first of all, Cody's been scheduled at Wrestle Kingdom to defend the Ring of Honor World title against Kota Ibushi, uh, which we didn't really talk about all that much, but... It- it feels like Dalton is going to be the guy that beats Cody at final battle and sort of try to make a star out of that and change that whole thing around, uh, which I can't say I would be upset about because I think, one, Dalton and Cody could have a great match, but two, they're just so – I mean, Dalton's a character that has shown he has success during the tours in Japan with Ring of Honor. I'd love to see that sort of carry over here, but I, I'm really excited for this program the whole way around, just excluding all the Japan talk there.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I am too, and, and this is going to be something that's a lot of fun to to really see how it flourishes. So uh, I think both of us are down for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a highlight package of Bully Ray giving his retirement speech during the Global Wars tour. He does say if a whole lot during this, though, so... I I still am in doubt about if he's actually done or not uh, moving forward.
1: Yeah, it is really, you know, a situation you're just going to kind of slowly follow and see really what is the case, but I, I think that, you know, maybe the better thing for him to do would be just to say, look, you know, I'm done, instead of playing that game of, well, there's a possibility I could be in the ring in a couple months and do this and that. And I, I don't want to see that. I, not that I hate him as a wrestler, but I want to see him stay healthy. I want to see him in a situation where he's not dealing with these concussions and able to live a decent life, you know? Um, so, Bully Ray is a, a guy that, you know, has really done a lot entertaining us, you know, so. I will help things get better for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we move on to a highlight package for Jay Lethal, who uh, gets some interview time af- afterwards uh, saying that people keep asking him what's left for him to accomplish in Ring of Honor. And he wants to be the world champion again to be the unquestionable best wrestler in the world. Uh, so he's going to uh, he says he, basically it's only a matter of time before he's the world champion again. Uh, we move on to a video package of Mark's injury from Global Wars, which is pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, we get a promo from Mark afterwards saying that he still wants his title shot, uh, you know, broken wing or not, and is planning on showing up next week to challenge for the championship. However, Jay walks in and continues to sort of question why he's going for this title. He's, he's gone for it a lot of times and lost. They're a tag team. They should focus on that. Stuff like that, uh, just in a very Jay Briscoe sort of way, and he ends up pissing Mark off so much that Mark storms off.
1: Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny how these guys are going back and forth on this whole singles career thing, right? Mm-hmm. One's mad at the other because of it, the other's mad about because of the other. And, you know, you've mentioned this before. We've seen these two feud in the past, and, you know, you're not going to get a feud right now because – one of them's with a you know uh, uh you know a broken arm or elbow and there's no way they're gonna be able to fight it out. So interesting that they're gonna have this. and I think this is just gonna probably play out where they won't really mention it until later. And yeah. you know because there's no payoff early. So I mean I think it's good that they address this. I think it's nice that they kind of let these guys gonna kind of have a little talk. But it's it, it, like you said, it's kind of hard to really you know get, you know, behind anything on this if uh, there's not much of a future on it.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, while Mark's hurt, you might as well play the slow burn. You got time, you know, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> through that. Uh, next week, we're going to see the Best Friends take on the Addiction for the number one contendership to the tag team titles. And then we get to our main event, which is War Machine challenging for those tag team titles uh, held by the Motor City Machine Guns. And War Machine comes out really hot. They, they hit fallout early for a near fall. And uh, basically they have a pretty great match going back and forth for a while. It's just starting to get, I think, really hot when the addiction comes out. And Christopher Daniels sits, gets up on the apron and starts spraying Hanson with silly string, <laughs> which is, <laughs> is the funniest thing. Uh, you have Kazarian with a microphone sort of uh, egging Daniels on. Uh, this ends up distracting War Machine enough uh, who end up taking care of Daniels, who they're very careful to not have him hit anybody so it doesn't force the DQ for Sabin to roll up Hanson and get the quick one, two, three. It, you know, if we're going to get another ladder war between the three previous teams, uh, or, or maybe without the Young Bucks this go-around, who look like they might defend the six-man titles, or maybe they pull double duty, who knows? Um, it looks like War Machine might be a part of this fiasco now going forward.
1: Yeah, it looks like it. And I, I love War Machine and I've really enjoyed what we had here. Uh, really good stuff, you know, for me personally. So, hey, I, I, I'm okay with them being involved in these multi man matches like this. And this is a high profile one.
0: I agree. Uh, War Machine looked great here, so did the guns uh, coming down. They they sold well. I should really mention that, too. They were terrific in that respect as well. So uh, lots of stuff cooking over here in Ring of Honor, but that's it for this episode.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like I said, we'll continue following uh, all the different things, and I'm really still considering, you know, the fact that the Christopher Daniels and Kazarian keep this interruption thing going on, and... How that's going to play out as time goes on, that's another thing that really kind of brings me to that questioning, you know, uh, I guess, you know, questioning for a long time. So, uh, well, okay, well, there you go. Yeah, definitely, a great week of Ring of Honor, and hopefully next week is just as good. But that's our show. Uh, we had lots of stuff to talk about tonight. I had a really good time doing it. Trust me, uh, we really enjoy you know watching these shows and kind of breaking them down. And when there's a stinker, it's kind of fun because we get a chance to just to go, "Oh my god," <laughs> uh, but. Next, of course, this next Friday, we'll have another special show for you guys. It'll be part two of episode 272. We'll be talking the news of what's going on this week and all that great stuff. Plus, we'll be jumping into the uh, fallout episode of Impact Wrestling. So we'll get a chance to get into more of what's going on in that realm and a lot more stuff. So you don't want to miss that. Talk
2: on the uh, Ric Flair 30 for 30.
1: Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. And I'm looking forward to that, really. I know all of us are. So, yes, we'll definitely talk 30 for 30 with Ric Flair. Don't forget to watch it yourselves. We'll try our best not to forget it. I've already got a dvr uh, But, yes, that'll be a lot of fun and, and a lot more. There's a lot of stuff we'll be covering on that show. Don't forget to go to WTuneNet.com and, of course, you know search out all the other great shows that we had. Trust me, there's us and a lot of other great wrestling shows. Plus, video games uh, of course to football and soccer and entertainment Tr- there's just a ton of fun stuff that you need to go f- find on that website hey and don't forget to go subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast from because whenever you do that you get every single episode we do and you also get a chance to let your voice be heard so please go do that just search out wrestling to the max push that subscribe button and you are done Hey, and also big shout out to 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com for all their support. We make sure we get some love to them. And uh, we are done for the night. So we hope you guys have a wonderful week this week. And we'll catch you guys on Friday. Until then, if you're not living life to the max.
2: Not living life at all. You know it.